Blog Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark. Alright everybody, welcome into the Couch of the Pain Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we are coming to you live from 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. It's the Bullet Experience where we are set for tonight, 2019 NFL Draft. Live coverage coming to you from the Bullet Experience. Hey, guys, at 8 o'clock, I'm going to bring on the one and only Melvin Bullitt. He's the guy that has stopped Tom Brady. There's not too many people out there that can say that they've stopped Tom Brady, but he has done so. Uh, he's going to join us at 8 o'clock, and we're coming from his facility. I, when we were setting up the show this morning, I was thinking to myself, you know, we're going to do a live show but we're not really going to bring anybody in. We should probably go somewhere and do this. And the thing that came to mind is the bullet experience with bullets uh, with Jerry Bullet and Melvin Bullet, fine sponsors of the Raleigh Eagles Varsity football broadcast that we have. Why not go to his facility and we'll get him online. We'll talk a little bit about him, talk a little bit about some of the things that he's doing right here at the Bullet experience and one thing that you folks do need to know a little bit about is the bullet uh seven on seven it's an elite off-season training program that focuses on the northeast dfw area that's our area and the training headquarters right here the jury bullet training center right here in rowlett uh, they do all kinds of things. They got volleyball, basketball, that right now soccer, little kid soccer going on out there. They have the sand volleyball in here. They got everything you need. They got a great weight room and anything and everything that you need for your training uh, needs, whether it's to gear up uh, some core strength, whether it's to get the uh, skills that you need to play a certain position in football, basketball, or soccer, or whatever the case may be. They cover it all right here at the Jerry Bullet Training Center, the Bullet Experience. Make sure you check it out, thebulletexperience.com as well. As we are here in, in probably Cuervo's, our fine co-host's uh, favorite time of the year, it is the uh, draft. And Cuervo being the guy that he is, is he checks out all of the college guys who are coming out, keeping track of college football and players and their abilities and things of that sort, along with weigh-in sports talk, uh, Brian Tarvin or Jonathan All, guys that really know this. See, I'm just Sonny Clark. I'm along for the ride because I'm not a big rookie guy um, when they go to the NFL. I want to see the experience. I want to see what they do. But let's be honest, when it is the draft for the NFL, 
this is the future, and it starts for a lot of football teams on where they are. And, of course, the draft order, we all know about the draft order. We know who has been on the clock since the firing of the final uh, gun at the Super Bowl. The Arizona Cardinals have been on the clock ever since then. And there's been so many whirlwind, you know, ideas of what will happen with that first pick. Will Arizona keep it? Will they trade Josh uh, uh, Rosen and try to pick up another uh, quarterback um, as they evidently either, A, did not like the services of Josh Rosen last year, or they don't fit in the plan of the new head coach. Let's remember they have a new head coach over in Arizona, so there's a lot of things going on with Arizona that everybody needs to be aware of. So this is this is it. It's uh, Cuervo's uh, favorite time of the year. Uh, he gets an opportunity to see a lot of things that are going on and also gets to take the day and sit to figure out who is going to be the next one that's going to be headed their way. And speaking of our fine co-host, I got him online, and let me just hit this button right there. Oh, you didn't know? In case you didn't. No. Your ass better call somebody. It's Cuervo coming to you from the west side. That being the west side, California, my fine co-host of this program. And I know you, Cuervo, have been, you know, kind of itchy about what's going to be happening here in less than a half hour with that number one pick and as well as the other picks that are happening here in the first round. Welcome into the show, my man. Finally, the NFL draft <laughs> has come back. Sports show, how you doing, Sonny? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, and uh, and, and I know that you've been all set and ready to go. Um, you know, you've had a couple of cold ones already, if I'm not mistaken, um, over there, uh, over in Cali, right now, getting ready for just this event here this evening. It, look, Sonny, it's a special occasion, and yes, I, my my nerdiness of the NFL draft has gone as far as I have taken the whole week off of work. <laughs> now it's to do other things, but uh, it, but a lot of it has been dedicated to doing some studying, seeing what's going on, hearing what's the, the trade rumors or uh, uh, you know rumors of, of teams making moves like that. So I feel like I'm ready to go. I, I think I, I went a little overboard last year, I, as I mentioned before, when off the air. Uh, I listened to last year's show, and uh, I think I, little, I went a little overboard based on how the flow of the show went. So I took a different sure. approach this year. Um, you know, after us talking and things like that, I, I shifted my focus a little bit. But I think I have everything I need. I got my materials. I got my notes. And, look, it's just going to be a fun night, right? I, I still got my brews in the fridge too. I don't have to work tomorrow, so it's all life is good right now, Sonny, for for everybody. Staying up here, we're going to be on air. Three hours of coverage of the NFL draft happens here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, our yearly tradition as far as this is concerned. Hopefully we'll get Brian Tarvin and maybe uh, Jonathan a little bit later. But looking at the draft order, Cuervo, the Arizona Cardinals, they've been on the board since the final uh, firing of the gun of the Super Bowl. And there's been a lot of talk about who's going to be going first. Kyler Murray, obviously, just some recent news that 
that are going on regarding Kyler Murray and the odds. The odds have been slipping that he is not going to be the number one overall pick in tonight's draft. I don't know how much I buy the actual odds that are happening and what we are hearing because, let's be honest, the Arizona Cardinals have got a lot of things that they can end up doing. They could either, A, go ahead and keep Josh Rosen, take a different guy, or, B, go ahead and trade Josh Gordon with some of the rumors are is that they are over at the New York Giants actually maybe looking to maybe pick up Josh Rosen as well if the Arizona Cardinals put them on the board uh, to take him over to New York. That having been said, Rosen with one year underneath his belt, that's always good. You don't have to start a rookie. But at the same time, they got Eli Manning over there. So, you know, all the rumors that are swirling around right now, Cuervo, what are you looking at as far as the number one pick in the Arizona Cardinals? Do you think there's going to be a lot of things going to happen with this number one pick, or are we going to just see the actual pick that's going to happen? Yeah, you know, Sonny, for the longest time, I I didn't want to believe that that uh, undersized quarterback was going to be the number one pick overall. But the, the more I hear about Cliff Kingsbury and the offense that he wants to run, the more I believe that it, it's going to happen, that he's going to be the number one pick. And look, we can argue all day if it's the right pick or not. The point is that's what Arizona is going to wind up doing. And, look, if it, if it fits what they want to do offensively and, and he's the perfect fit, uh, at, at quarterback for the offensive scheme that they want to run, then who am I to judge them and say that it's the wrong pick? So, and, and you know, we can we could sit here and talk about it all day. And, you know, listening to last year's draft show, uh, we, we murdered Cleveland Browns for taking Baker Mayfield number one. And look how that turned out. I mean, they almost made the playoffs. <laughs> I uh, guess we were. Guy, so. <laughs> I guess we were as far as Baker Mayfield and number one, we thought it was a bus pick. Um, so it looks like obviously our expertise is definitely out in left and out in left field. But Baker Mayfield being the number one pick last year turned out to be, you know, obviously the right pick for one of the Cleveland Browns. So uh, the situation with Arizona, do you think Arizona keeps that pick? Is they traded away? Uh, you think Kyler Murray is going to be the number one pick? But will it be the Arizona Cardinals taking that pick? Or you think that's, you know, going to be a pick that's going to be traded out as we're nine minutes and 48 seconds away from the uh, first pick? Yeah, you know, the only way, Sonny, that I think that Arizona is not the team that drafts him is if they get a deal that they just can't refuse. And I'm talking, you know, if you've seen the movie Draft Day, we're we're talking, you know, three years worth of first-round picks type trade. Uh so, with that being said, I, I don't think there's any team out, out there that's going to make that type of offer. So, I fully expect Arizona to keep the pick, and I fully expect Arizona to take Kyler Murray uh, with, with that number one overall pick. Well, here we go. Cuervo, let me push the button. Let's bring him in. Yes, I do have an intro for our next person that is online. Let's bring him on. Because I just think this guy is cool. Because he, he keeps track of the college players, he keeps track of the college game. Folks, from Sports Talk, it's Jonathan. How you doing, Jonathan? Welcome into tonight's draft. How you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm I'm doing good, guys. Uh, down here in uh, well, actually, stormy Tallahassee. Uh, I guess it doesn't look yes. that much different than Nashville right now. So. 
we got it covered on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We got someone in Florida. I'm here in Texas. Cuervo's over in California. We got the whole country covered. We might get Atlanta, Georgia with Tarvin if he calls in. What do you think about that number one pick there, Jonathan? Arizona, there's been a lot of rumors. They, they changed, trade Josh Rosen over to the Giants and, you know, and move on. What do you think ends up happening with this first pick for the Arizona Cardinals who are 18 minutes and two seconds away from the pick? I firmly believe at this point that they are going to draft Kyler Murray. I don't agree with it. Um, I think you have Josh Rosen. You have a first-round pick quarterback from last year. And, yes, it was not a great year, but they kind of burnt it to the ground last year. Rosen wasn't playing with with, with that much of a stacked deck. Um, Obviously, he has arm talent. I was never a believer in him personally, but I also believe in giving – guys a, a fair shot. Now, if you're telling me his fair shot is going to come in New York or in Washington uh, or, or wherever, um, you know, like Denver per se, I mean, I get it. But to me, I, I think it would be uh, – it's a waste to me as far as looking at it for the Cardinals and that you're taking a quarterback in the top ten back-to-back years. I mean, that, that's got to be an indictment on Steve Kine. And the fact that he's yes. still there running this, it, it, to me, is an issue. And Arizona management should be looking to have fired him when they got started going into this process and realized that this was the route they were about to go. Uh, but I guess if you give Cliff his quarterback, uh, you know, you're giving him the full support and the full backing and telling him this is your show, let's go do it. But you're obviously not going to get fair value for Rosen. Uh, I don't expect him to be traded tonight. Uh, but I will tell you right now, Kyler Murray is going to go number one, and I think it's ridiculous. Well, I I I actually believe that as well. Um, and, but I think your indictment on the front office of the Arizona Cardinals is a very good uh, point because of the fact that they don't have the coach anymore. After one year, they bail on him. And they're going to bail after one year on their quarterback? Man, that is an indictment on the front office on who's picking the guy or or. The question more I'll ask Cuervo is, is that, you know, when you got a guy like Josh Rosen, let's be honest, people were talking about this guy as the best quarterback coming out of the draft last year, not Baker Mayfield, at least we thought so, at least on our show from last year. Um, that having been said, this was supposed to be the guy. And how come it didn't work in Arizona? Was it because of coaching? Was it because of Josh Rosen? Was it because of a couple of things that were happening in Arizona that made it not work, Cuervo? So what do you think the front office and, I mean, I think I agree with Jonathan. Last year's first-round draft pick for the Arizona Cardinal turns out to either A, be a bust or a waste of time in reality when you don't keep the number one quarterback that you draft out of the first round. Well, first of all, Sonny, before I before I answer your question, I, I just want to uh, say hello to Jonathan. I haven't heard – it feels like decades since I've talked to you last. So it's good <laughs> to hear you. I'm, I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you're doing well down there in Tallahassee. I know it's raining and, you know, the weather's probably bad and whatnot. But it's good to hear from you, man. Uh, it's, been, it's been too long. Um, I, and I appreciate you joining us tonight. But um, – you know, so going to what you were saying, I don't think Arizona thinks Josh Rosen's a bad quarterback. Josh Rosen is just not the quarterback that they are looking for right now based off of the new offense that they want to implement uh, down there in Arizona. 
And, you know, to be honest, depending on how complex this thing is, it would not shock me one bit if more guys get moved than just Rosen himself. Um, I agree. And, you know, specifically, I'm not talking about Larry Fitzgerald. I think, I think, you know, if, if Steve Kimes wants to get fired instantly, then yeah, go right ahead and trade away Larry Fitzgerald. Um, you're talking about an Arizona Cardinals legend uh, in Larry Fitzgerald. So I don't think they're going to move him, but let's just say, a guy like a David Johnson at running back, if he doesn't fit what they want to do, just like the Bears did with Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard was was off to a great start in a Chicago Bears uniform. And what did they turn around and do? Eh, you're not fitting what we want to do uh, over here in Chicago offensively. So we're going to trade you to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, look, it, 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 it would not – I would not put – put it past them if more than Josh Rosen gets moved out of Arizona based on whatever the hell it is that, <laughs> that Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. So, um, Absolutely. so I don't think, I don't think Josh Rosen's a bad quarterback. I don't think Arizona thinks that he's a bad quarterback. He's just not the quarterback for them right now. Well, most of the people are saying the decision is going to come down, whether it's the Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray, or Ohio State defensive back, Nick Bosa. And so if they were going to go ahead, at least I think if they're going to stay with Josh Rosen there, Jonathan, I think Bosa might be the next pick or the next idea, at least in Arizona, if it's not quarterback. Uh, Bosa is a very uh, interesting talent in that uh, obviously his brother's been very successful with the Chargers, and and a Monster. lot of people believe that um, a lot of people believe that Nick will be better uh, than his brother. But he had this weird social media backlash over the past week or so uh, with um, some of the things that he had posted in high school, and there was a story done about how he had gutted his social media. So I don't know if that's going to lead him to slip. I will say that in certain parts of the country, that has gotten more play. Uh, you know, most notably, he mentioned that he had to clean up everything because there's a chance he can go to San Francisco. Uh, but, I mean, Quentin Williams, to me, is the other guy here to look at if the Cardinals go another direction, which, again, I firmly believe that they won't. Um, so, you know, I think Quentin Williams and Nick Bosa, obviously two great uh, defensive linemen uh, from two prestigious schools, uh, you know, different in their aspects that Quentin is, you know, a bigger guy, not as much of a, an edge rusher. Nick is clearly an edge rusher. Uh, but, you know, you have, to, you have to weigh here what you're really looking for, what kind of system you're running, because Quentin's definitely a great 3-4 fit, whereas Bosa's more of a 4-3 end. All right, now, guys, hey, I, I, I have to interrupt this. We are here at the Bullet Experience, the Jury Bullet Training Center, right here at 8900 Princeton Road here in Rowlett, Texas. And I, I have to move away from the NFL draft because I happen to have a young man standing in front of me as uh, on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We cover the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team. Now, when I look at this young man in front of me, I don't necessarily know if he's varsity or if he is junior varsity or what it is, but 
let's go ahead. I'm going to take these off so I can hear you. So, guys, hold on. I don't have my earphones on. I'm going to talk directly. Who am I speaking with, and what's your situation? I got you at 1819 Rowlett Eagles football. What's what's going on? My name is Colin Yarbrough. I'm the freshman running back. Uh, yeah. You're the freshman running back for, for on the freshman team, or are you uh, uh, moving up to the JV? What's your – Whereabouts are you looking as far as are you definitely going to play on the freshman team or are you going to move up? I played on the freshman team this year. I had 18 touchdowns and uh, still trying to figure out where I'm going to be next year. Okay, so so you, now you're here at the Jerry Bullet Training Center. Are you here getting training or what are you here for as far as what you do for football? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Melvin and Terrence train me. Yeah, uh, by the way, folks, those are. One's an NFL football player, used to be, you know, Indianapolis Colts. Also, CFL, you know, Terrence Bullitt, you know, you know, these guys okay. kind of know what they're doing. They're, they're what, Texas Tech, right? You know, so, so do you come here because of the experience? Is it location? Is it the facility? What is it about the reason why you put that closer to your mouth? It was just very convenient to where I live. And uh, also, I heard about the reputation. I thought it would be a good place to train. So, looking at the Rowlett Eagles, I mean, do you get an opportunity to see the other teams? Are you all practicing right now uh, all together? What's going on? What is the Rowlett Eagles thing going on as far as practices or getting together for for those kind of things? Like at Rowlett? Yeah, Rowlett, yeah. Like we just started spring ball. Spring ball. Now, does the freshman and the uh, the freshman sophomore and the, do they all play together during the spring ball? To try and you get a look at it. How's that working? Uh, yes, uh, junior varsity and varsity they practice during first period, and then uh, freshmen they'll practice during fourth period, and then we all come together after school and practice as one team. So looking at the Rowlett Eagles, and so if they lose their quarterback, do you know who might they have their eyes on at the quarterback position on the varsity, or are you just trying to pay attention to what you got to do to make your team? Yes, uh, Coach Stevens already got all that sorted out. He knows what he's doing. So he knows what he's doing. So do you know who's going to start for the Eagles at the quarterback position, or do you know? Yes, I'm. Are you allowed to say who it is? I don't want to get in trouble. He doesn't want to get in trouble. So. And I appreciate that. And thanks for the couple of minutes. I'll thank you, Mike. And folks, you're right here on the California Sports Show. We are. We will be covering the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we're seven minutes from the broadcast starting for the NFL draft. Thank you, gentlemen, for being patient through that um, as our locals here are listening as well. So let's hop back into what we're doing here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, covering the draft. Some of the things that are going on, let me hop into this, Cuervo. It's been rumors, and this is just my rumors, and this is because they get that fifth-year option on a first-round are the Rams that have been receiving calls from many teams to take that last pick in the first round, you know, so they can take an advantage of that fifth-year option on the first-rounders in their contract. Um, so do we see the Rams move out of that first-round pick and obviously gaining some uh, probably more stocks and more draft picks for that, for that late first-rounder there, Cuervo? Well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what they get, you know, offered to them, Sonny. I mean, honestly, with the Rams being you know, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year, there's always room for improvement in, in places. But is there an immediate need for something? 
I, I would honestly, I would say no at this time. Uh, right. Based on based on my uh, my sheet here, the, my little cheat sheet here, uh, the Rams' biggest need right now is a uh, you know a little bit of offensive line help. That's which what is always thinking. a good thing to have. Uh, yeah, it's always you know, always a good thing to have. But look, the offensive lineman, uh, not the strong suit of this draft this year. So to move into the beginning of the second round, I, I, I really don't think it would make a difference. I think they could still get either the guy that they're targeting or the next best thing if they were to move down, you know, within the first five to ten spots of the second round. So um, if they get the right offer, I could very well see the Rams move out of the first round. But, uh, you know, it would – like I said, it would be a team obviously that is looking for either that that quarterback or uh, you know just just an immediate need that a team has. So it's possible, Jonathan. Jonathan, when you look at the Rams and where they are in the pick, do you expect them to move out of that, or will the Rams move up? Or do you think they got there anybody in mind as far as the draft is concerned? What do you think would they do with that final pick in the first round? I, I, of course, I can see the Rams trading down. Uh, you know, it's the same with the Patriots and the Seahawks and the Ravens. There, there, there's a whole bunch of group of teams there in that back half that um, I think is given the right offer and move out uh, to stack up picks on, on day two. Uh, as far as the Rams, I mean, you know, they need to plug a hole at, uh, at center uh, with John Sullivan uh, having moved on. Their left tackle is 37 years old. Uh, the thing is with this offensive tackle draft, uh, if you don't get Dillard or uh, Jonah uh, Williams, I'm not sure where exactly you want to go at center. I think Bradbury uh, is the best bet uh, as far as uh, talent-wise to go there. Probably the only first-round center I see, the guy out of North Carolina State. Um, so I could see them trading up to get a Bradbury. I don't think they trade up for a tackle because they still have Whitworth. They would probably look grab somebody like Titus Howard. And then, of course, I mean, with the Rams, uh, their defense had some issues last year. Uh, I think we all remember the Kansas City game. Um, yeah. You know, where, I mean, outside of the Super Bowl, obviously the Super Bowl is phenomenal. Uh, but, you know, they could really use an edge rusher. And this draft is not stocked on true edge rushers. It's a defensive tackle-heavy draft. So if they want to move up for an edge, I can see it. Uh, I, again, the, to me, either they trade up for Bradbury or I think they trade out. And if they trade out, usually, obviously, it's for a team that's looking for a quarterback, like we saw last year with the Ravens trading in to get a Lamar Jackson. Exactly. And some, now, just also keep in mind some of the, the you know rumors that are out there. There are teams that are considering uh, trading down. The Jets at number three, the Lions at number eight, the Dolphins at 13, the Seahawks at 21 and 29, as well as the Rams. So those are some of the teams that are out there that are moving out. Now, some other rumors that are out there, some teams that are willingness to take a jump into the top ten are the Atlanta Falcons as well as the Washington Redskins. So these are teams that are clearly in need to improve their football team quickly, especially the Falcons with the situation on that football team is that should be a better football team. They're not. They should be dominating the NFC South. They're not. And the Washington Redskins, okay, come on. 
10 and a 10 and 6 or 10 and 7 mark that 10 and 6 or a 9 and 7 record wins this division half the time so if you get one guy that could be that playmaker and make a difference in your football team that gets you the check marks under the W's more so than the L's that could be huge there. So lots of things going on right now. We're two minutes and 28 seconds away from the broadcast as far as the uh, draft is going to be concerned. And then, of course, they're going to be on the clock uh, for a little bit as um, before they make their first pick. So that's what we got going on right now. And so what we're going to do here, just really quick, um, we're not going to take those long breaks that we normally do um, as we we are going to end up taking our breaks here on the Couch Potato Sports Show with our sponsor for tonight. Of course, we're talking about the Bullet Experience, the Jerry Bullet a training facility located right here in Rowlett. And we'll hear from them tonight as far as the sponsors and when we go into commercial. But that being said, said Cuervo looking at those teams that are trading down um, do you think any of them actually end up trading down or do you think that they will stay where they are at as the Jets Lions Dolphins Seahawks and obviously the Rams we just talked about what about those other four teams do you think, see any of them falling out and dropping down I think that I think the Jets Sony is a possibility that they that they move down but I tell you there's a big need uh, uh, with them at defensive line yeah. after letting Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson both uh, leave in the past couple of years. So um, if they stay put at three, I fully expect them to see Quentin Williams out of Alabama. But, um, but I, you know, I'll tell you, I think the team that might move out just because of what they've shown over the past year, I think the Raiders move out of number four. I think that's a possibility. Um, I know they have a need for, you know, obviously pass rusher is the, the, by far the biggest thing that they need. Uh, if, they, if they keep the pick, uh, I like Ed Oliver out of Houston to be the pick for them. But I also think that the Raiders are quietly shopping that number four pick. Now, look, what they want in return for that I, beats the hell out of me, Sonny. I mean, they got two other first-round picks. They could use those to move up back into the middle of the pack. Sure. There's no telling. Mm-hmm. There's no telling what Mike Mayock and those guys are thinking over there in Oakland. But I tell you, um, look for the Raiders to to make a make a make a deal or two tonight. Jonathan, Jets, Lions, Dolphins, Seahawks. What do you see? Do you see them? You know, teams that are willing to trade down. Do you see them actually trading down, or you see them staying? I think the Seahawks trade at least one of their picks. Um, I know the Jets are dying to trade out. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, that. it's not – from what I understand, it's not that they don't like anybody there. It's one of those things where they gave up so much last year to get Darnold. They want to yes, try and recruit that a little bit. Um, you know, so the Jets I could see trading out. I mean, I could even see the Jets and the Raiders flipping picks because I know the Raiders really love Quinn and Williams and somebody they'd really like to get, um, or maybe even a Josh Allen. Uh, you know, because, I mean, after trading Khalil Mack, all Gruden did was talk about how it would be nice to have Khalil Mack. Uh, so, you know, yep. Josh Allen, to me, is the closest you're going to get to a Khalil Mack in the draft. Uh, now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I unfortunately root for, 
they are also uh, intrigued into trading out of their slot, and they're in a pretty good position. Because with Kyler going number one, like we're all expecting and I'm predicting, um, that means that there's now a rush to draft Haskins or Daniel Jones, and that would that would be dumber than dumb, but whatever. So now there's a rush. The Giants are at number six. I honestly don't think they're going to go quarterback at six. To be, I mean, they signed up for Eli one more year, and next year's quarterback class looks a lot better. She might as well ride it out with Eli, but whatever. Uh, so teams are going to try and jump the Giants. So the Bucks at five and the Jets at three would be the logical spot. I've been thinking all, all you know, couple, the past couple weeks that the 49ers would look to trade out of their slot, too, if given the opportunity. So I expect either the Niners, Jets, or Bucks to trade out so that somebody can take Haskins or maybe Daniel Jones uh, in the top five, which seems aggressive. I know the Redskins are dying to make that trade up. I can definitely see the Redskins doing it, trading up to two, three, or five and taking Haskins. All right, so here's where we are. We're gonna, they're getting close to the first pit uh, here in the NFL draft. What we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. We'll take a one-minute break here from the Bullet Experience here in Rowlett. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals will officially be on the clock here uh, at the NFL Draft. We'll take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance, and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. Here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, it is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, coming to you live from the Cherry Bullet Training Center here in Rowlett. It's the Bullet Experience, 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. Those that listen to the show know we cover the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team. You can hear that coverage again this season. We are set and ready to go. We'll be bringing you all the action of the 2019 season for the Rowlett Eagles. We'll uh, do that again with the Eagle Eye, Bill Cerna, and myself on the call. But we are here. The NFL draft the broadcast has started. The clock is not showing up on the screen yet as far as the numbers starting to go down. We'll see that here in just a second. But you saw Kyler Murray, if you're watching any of this on TV, hey, hey. It takes a man to wear a pink suit, man, Cuervo. I, I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you. He's looking kind of cool in a pink suit over there. Do you think you can pull out the pink suit there, Cuervo, or are you just a man that's going to you know, remain in the marine colors? Oh, absolutely not. I can't pull that off. There's no way. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm too ugly for that. So right. <laughs> I'd have to go more well, traditional. I, I, 
<laughs> hang out with the traditions, uh, the traditional colors. I got it. So uh, exactly. we are here. It is time. Um, this is the time of the season where everybody's excited about what's going to happen. Kyler Murray is supposed to be the guy that is supposed to be going number one. Uh, big question also, uh, as they're not officially uh, – I don't see a clock up yet, so we'll be watching for that. But let's go to the Raiders here really quick. The Raiders are, you know, uh, rumored to be, you know, looking at Haskins at that number four pick. There's Terrence Bullitt right over here. Um, Haskins at that number four pick. Now, with what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, uh, Cuervo, regarding the situation at the quarterback position for the Raiders and Derek Carr, the rumors and things that were talked about, whether or not he'll stay there as a Raider at the quarterback position, do you see the Raiders pulling the trigger on Haskins, or what do you think that the Raiders have in mind with their uh, pick at number four? Um. No, I, I don't see I don't see the Raiders going after uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Um, now I know that a lot of people have their suspicions that John Gruden and Derek Carr actually are not best friends, and I don't I don't think that's much of a secret. But I think based on the quarterbacks that you see, at least the, the top two, um, I don't think they're going to go after the, if they go after a quarterback. I think it's going to be more of a of a Daniel Jones out of Duke, Drew Locke from Missouri. One of those guys, more traditional pocket passer type quarterbacks that uh, I think John Gruden has a, is more of a fan of. So with that said, um, that, that could be a reason why they are looking to move down. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to go after a Haskins. I don't think he fits what, what Gruden wants to do offensively. Jonathan, what's your thinking on the Raiders at that number four pick? Do you think they got Haskins, or you think it's a different person they're shooting after? I, I honestly don't think they're that interested in Haskins. Um, you know, it's amazing the the amount of smoke screens that go up this time of year. Uh, I, I I would expect Gruden to wait till next year. Terrence, when do you got a couple minutes? Uh, I won't. Uh, I got two. Okay, uh, but. I mean, honestly, I think they're looking at defensive linemen. They're, they need pass rush help. That's something that they're they're really looking for. I think they address it right now at four, and then you deal with everything else later on in the draft. So we are getting closer to that first pick. They are still uh, in commercial. They're coming back from commercial. They normally put a clock up, so I'm not seeing the clock up as of yet. By the way, it's an outside facility for the draft this year, and holy smoke, look how big all the – they closed down like the whole downtown of Nashville. That's where the uh, draft is being held right there. So the whole downtown area has been knocked out. So now – Looking at the business of the NFL still going on with players who are looking for extensions or they're tagged with franchise uh, tags and long-term deals, you know, these are some of the things that teams have to worry about when they're making their picks. And when you look at it, you know, you see what happened with Russell Wilson, who uh, got the uh, four-year, $140 million extension. That included $65 million bucks 
up a front um, as a signing bonus, obviously making him the highest player in the league. Um, the teams also have until May 3rd to exercise their fifth-year options on players selected out of the 2016 and the uh, Dallas Cowboys go ahead and they do that with Ezekiel Elliott as well. So that part has been done. That part's been figured out. Uh, so obviously the Dallas Cowboys, they have their situation with their quarterback. They also have their situation with Amari Cooper where they can just sit and watch <laughs> uh, highlight uh, films from Amari Cooper for the first round because the Cowboys do not have the first round draft pick. Lots of things that are happening as far as those are concerned, uh, you know, also question, uh, Cuervo, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben, two-year extension. They locked him in for a couple more years, which makes the uh, pick for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers kind of interesting on uh, what they may or may not do uh, with their picks here uh, within the first round. Yeah, Sonny, there's a lot of rumors going on that, they, that they're trying to trade up to grab one of these stud linebackers. Um, I just don't know if it's going to happen. They're going to have to give up a lot to get uh, you know, one of these guys. If, if they really wanted to do that, maybe they should have hung on to Antonio Brown. I think they definitely would have been able to get up there and, and grab the defensive guy that they wanted to. But, um, you know, with not much trading value that they, that they have anymore, I don't see that happening. So um, they might be able to sneak their way up, you know, five spots or something like that, maybe get or within five spots, maybe swap with the Giants at 17 or something like that. But I don't, I don't see, I don't fully see the Steelers being able to pull off what they, what they want to do. Well, I don't know if they need to Cuervo, because you're talking about the linebackers. You want to talk about this draft being a bunch of linebackers. Jonathan, the, the linebackers are in that that are in this draft here this year. There is a plethora of guys that they could pick. That yeah, Sonny used that word. Normally I don't use that word. Uh but with the uh with the um ten picks that they have in this whole round, they're at number twenty in reality. I think there'll be plenty to pick from even at that twentieth spot because of some of the teams either going after a that quarterback to start it off or maybe even offensive line. What do you think about Pittsburgh? Uh, I mean, I know Pittsburgh really wants a linebacker. They'd like to replace uh, uh, Ryan Shazier. Uh, you know, I mean, to trade up and get Devin White or Devin Bush, uh, they're going to have to trade to the top ten, um, you know, because the consensus is that neither one of them is going to fall past Cincinnati and 11. Uh, I mean, I can see them doing it. I can also see them staying put and taking a corner at 20. It just really depends on how aggressive they want to be in the trades and uh, what, what teams are, are, are asking and what they can offer. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Pittsburgh will address their, their back seven of the defense at some point. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out how, how froggy they feel right now, knowing that the higher you get in the draft order, the more you're going to pay a guy, and they're yep. already a little close to the cap. 
And not only that, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been known to take average guys. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get an average guy at that number 20 pick. That's an adequate pick. And if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, knowing how they develop players, um, a number 20 pick is something that is fine with them. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, you take away from the fact that they just got done paying their quarterback. This is a football team that doesn't put their neck out on the line when it comes to signing players. So I think they stand pat at that number, that position. And is he on the podium or no, they're still talking. They haven't said anybody's on the clock. I'm watching it as we are here at the bullet uh, experience here, the Jerry bullet training center. Um, and I don't see a clock as of yet. So we're going to keep our eye out on that um, as the, um, Let's see. All right. So now they are on the clock. They just started it up. And so we'll wait for that uh, to see about the picks coming in. So the Arizona Cardinals on the clock. So their future, obviously, last year they were in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken, with the picks last year with their Josh Rosen pick. Um, now at the number one pick, obviously the worst team in the NFL this past season. So. This is a vital uh, pick for the Arizona Cardinals as two years in the top ten. That can't be sitting very well with the ownership over there in Arizona Cuervo. Um, and so when you're looking at that, you, the number one pick, you you say it stays here. You say it's Kyler Murray. So um, with Kingsbury, that young type of guy, it fits that mold, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it fits the scheme that they want to do offensively, the, the, the system that Kingsbury wants to implement. And, I mean, that, that's all that – I guess that's all that really matters, right? I mean, it, 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 you know, like I said earlier, I, I, can't, I can't say who the best person is for them, but um, all I know is that – do I agree with it? Like Jonathan said earlier, absolutely not. I just think he's too undersized and – and his durability is, is going to be a very short time. So uh, I just think that it's 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 a bad decision. It, it's it's a it's going to be a good thing while Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach there. Then once he moves on or whatever happens, what happens from there? You know, I mean, now you have to start all over again. So there's this thought of you know trying to get trying to do something for two or three years because that's how honestly I think that's how long it's going to really work until teams figure it out. Um, I mean, from there, what are they going to do? You know, then they got to, they got to start over from square one again. So maybe I'm too critical, but I, I just, I just think these little gimmick schemes that these coaches from college try to come in and implement um, just like Chip Kelly tried to do uh, and many others, I mean, where did, where did all these guys end up? You know what I'm saying? So what what's so different about Cliff Kingsbury and what he wants to do? Well, it's going to be the same well, Here's the, same the reason result. why. Well, exactly. Uh, but with the relationship, if you go back, Case Keenum, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, also uh, – Patrick Mahomes, uh, now with uh, uh, Kyler Murray, and also locally here in Allen, Texas, which is about 10 miles away 
from where we're doing our broadcast and the number one team uh, in the state of Texas most years. Um, so that type of quarterback obviously is what fits the mold with Arizona and where they are. So um, some of the other things that are coming out, the Eagles um, have been rumored to be looking uh, at wide receiver. Now, Jonathan, I know you kind of keep track of a little bit of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. Are you like a closet Eagle fan or something? Um, I, because I know you kind of watch them as far as that's concerned. No. Uh, there's a lot of Philly fans uh, in Florida. So you kind of – the great thing about living in Florida and the curse about living in Florida is that if you want to be in the know and be able to talk with a lot of people, you got to keep up with a lot of teams. And the Eagles is one of the teams where growing up, I think I had more friends who were Eagles fans than Bucks fans at certain points in my life. So that's a team that I've kept an eye on. Um, can't stand them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard that they're going to go wide receiver. It's a very good wide receiver class once again. They're in a very good spot to pick up talent there. Uh, I can see them going a multitude of directions there without having to trade up. They could probably even trade back and get one. It really all depends on what they plan on doing with Nelson Aguilar. Um, yes, sir. I, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, Aguilar is a very talented wide receiver um, who, in all honesty, played better with Foles than he really did with Wentz. Uh, so, you know, if they decide to move on from Aguilar, I can see them going wide receiver here, going multiple options, especially since he plays the slot. There's a lot of good slot receivers in this draft, so they don't even really need to take a first-round pick at wideout if they don't feel the need, if they think they need to address uh, issues elsewhere in that team. Also, what you look in the first round, I think there's an X-factor guy that's out there, whether it be the New York Giants looking at the quarterback, Daniel Jones. Now, folks, remember Duke. It's all about Duke, which is uh, the guy that took care of Eli Manning and Peyton Manning, the head coach over there. Uh, so that, com that comfortable type quarterback, uh, is that something that the Giants would be interested in, Cuervo? bringing on a guy that kind of knows the system from an Eli Manning. Um, and with, I, you know, it only makes sense that it would be easier transition for him, obviously having the training with Eli Manning and the head coach that Eli Manning as well as Peyton Manning went through uh, their college careers with. Yeah, David, who's the head coach at Duke, you're talking to Daniel Jones right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we all know his, his story, uh, Cutcliffe's story. Um, look, I mean, now I will say this, though. As much as I love David Cutcliffe, he's had quarterbacks in the past coming out of yeah. that didn't pan out in the league. So, uh, to say that every quarterback that he's ever coached is, is, a, is a, you know, a hit in the NFL would be, would be wrong. Um, That's true. What makes this guy? What makes this guy different, though, Sonny? He's got. He's not spectacular at one thing. He's just. He's just solid at everything. So it's, it's like he's a jack of all trades. Um, he's right. not. He's not. You know, spectacular at one thing, but sucks at something else. Like he does everything very well, um, and I think that's what people like about Daniel Jones. On top of the fact that he was coached by David Cutcliffe. Um, so now is he worth trading up to, to grab? Not necessarily. He's going to wind up going to a team that just, it just kind of, they fall in, they fall into their lap. So, you know, say 
if he's still sitting at number 17 and the Giants have that pick and they haven't traded out of it, then I could very well see a situation where uh, the Giants would take him if they like him over Drew Locke out of Missouri. So I think that's the, you know, that's what you're getting with Daniel Jones, though. Is just, he's just he's solid at everything. He's not, you know, above and beyond in, in just one thing. Well, Jonathan, let me ask you. I mean, we've been doing the draft coverages for years, and you've been joining us as well. I mean, it's not like we've, uh, you know, heard a lot of talk about any quarterbacks coming out of Duke before. It's not like, you know, oh, this guy every year. So this is really the first time we've heard coming out of Duke, you know, a guy that, you know, is maybe that first-round draft worthy uh, within the last five or six years out of Duke that he's been coaching over there. Yeah, Daniel Jones really is his first big prospect. Um, look, there's issues with Daniel Jones. I, I, I mean, it, we, we, you know, we can pull up his North Carolina or his pet game film from last year, which neither team had a good defense, let you know. Uh, or we could pull up the Clemson game film where he was bad. We could pull up the Wake Forest game film. Wake Forest had no defense, and he had a horrible game. Dan, the reason why Daniel Jones has gotten so hyped up is because he's six foot five, he's white, and he's coached by Cutcliffe. I'm gonna call it what it is. Yep. He's not that good. He does not have the wow arm. He doesn't have that. Oh my gosh, he can throw a football through a brick wall arm that everybody talked themselves into with Josh Allen last year. Okay, so and he, does he have athleticism? Yes. Is he a runner like Josh Allen? No. Does he have an arm like Josh Allen? No. Is Josh Allen good? No. So Daniel Jones won't be good either. And I, I, I fail to understand the hype that came out of nowhere with Daniel Jones because nobody cared or talked I about him. I mean, this, this was a guy who was going to be a four-year starter at Duke. And then maybe he'll be a day, th- you know, fourth, third round pick in the NFL. And all of a sudden, he flies up the draft boards, and everybody who watches football, especially me, because Duke's in our conference, so I watch the ACC a lot. And, and I'm sitting here looking around, going, "Where did this come from? This makes no sense." Yep. And I'm very frustrated that Daniel Jones is getting bumped up, even though somebody like a Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo is more talented than him. Or, or somebody like Will Greer to West Virginia or Gardner Minshew to Washington State, I feel, are better quarterbacks than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones got, got very overhyped for reasons that, in all honesty, are ridiculous. Okay. okay, just to let you know, the pick is in. They haven't announced it yet. They've got uh, everything all set. Um, so the pick is in. They're ready to walk up to the podium and announce the number one pick in the 2019 draft. Of course, you know, Arizona Cardinals uh, looks like they're not trading out of this. So the pick is actually in. So there's no trade. There's no looking back. Josh Rosen looking at his future. Will it be Kyler Murray? And if it is, you can best bet that Rosen will be on the road, whether it be up in, you know, whoever's going to get up. Obviously, if you believe the rumors are out there, it's the Giants that would be a very, uh, you know, good fit. But then you get back to the rumors as far as the Giants and Daniel Jones. You know, so there's a lot of things that are going on, but this number one pick affects the whole franchise of the Arizona Cardinals. And like Cuervo said, 
you know, earlier, you, you need a guy that can get the ball to Larry Fitzgerald if you're going to utilize this guy. And he is a lot older than uh, he has used, used to be, um, but he is still a target. And let me hit the button because walking up to the podium, it is... with the number one pick out of Oklahoma and right down the street here from Rowlett over in Allen for a three-year starter in Allen, Texas as well. Uh, won the state championship twice, if I'm not mistaken, uh, while he was here. So the man in the pink suit becomes the first pick. Josh Rosen will probably be on the road um, after this. Uh, so like you said, I don't know if that's going to happen today or not. So the Arizona Cardinals with the number one pick, exactly what Cuervo thought, and the same thing of what um, Jonathan thought. So no great big surprises there, at least for as far as what we were looking at. So that's going to take us to our number two pick here, unless you guys want to jump in. Is there anything you want to say more about uh, uh, Murray at that number one pick there, Cuervo? No, it's just not a surprise. I don't think it's the right pick, but you know what? That's who they wanted, and they went and got him. I think they should have stepped with Rose and me personally. I think I would have went both, so they need some help defensively as well. Uh, Jonathan, number one, Tyler Murray, what do you think? All right. right. Just fire the GM. Fire him now. I mean, good, good for Kyler Murray. Congratulations. You went number one. You made the right decision to pick football over baseball. Uh, but, I mean, this is I, – this, 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 I don't even know – I don't even know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that, Jonathan. I, I, I think he should have stuck with baseball. Just the longevity oh, no, of – the, the longevity of uh, playing either sport, I think he would last a lot longer in baseball than he would with football. Now – He's going to make more money. He's going to make more money playing football. There it is. He he makes $30 million at least guaranteed over the next five years. And baseball, he makes $14 million as to ride the bus for three to five years and hope he he makes it to the majors. With a prospect, and as a baseball prospect, I looked at it and said, I don't trust you. You're toolsy. You're not that great of a hitter. Your your big calling card is your speed. And at the end of the day, guys who play like that, Billy Hamilton and uh, Byron Buxton and Juan Laguerre, guys like that tend to not get paid all that well because in all reality, they're defensive specialists. Uh, so I think he makes the right decision by going football uh, because, A, gets the money up front. B, I believe his passion's truly into it. And C, the endorsement money he's going to make right now is also going to be a lot higher. So, yes, you are, I agree with you that health-wise, this is a much larger risk. But financially, his children are now set up. Listen, that whole well, it's thing always was all about, about money. money. Come on. It's always oh, about the money. This, this guy's primed to play baseball. But like, just like you said, this guy's going to be in the bus league for two years, okay? Not going to be making any money. And so in reality, when we talk about Tyler Murray. 
it, it's all about the money. It's always been about the money. He knew he was going to be at least one, two, or three in this draft at worst-case scenario, which in turn will pay him about five times more than he'd be making in the bus leagues because, let's be honest, this guy's not going to hit the major leagues immediately. He, Like you said, he needs to learn to hit. So you got that whole situation set up for him. He's got the money. He's got the endorsements. He's got the pink suit. But hey, I'll, I'll say it. He, he wears the pink suit really well. But, um, yeah, it's all been – it's always been about the money. And um, if you honestly think that it's not, you're a little bit naive as well as that's concerned. Because when he – in reality, when you don't have a passion for baseball, okay, you're talking about long season, long – and especially if you're in the bus leagues, okay. That, that, that even makes the season even longer. Uh, here he gets more of the spotlight. Here he's more – people are looking at him. So, you know, to me, I knew he was going to go football. When I heard that he was a two-player, I knew he was going to go football because of the fact of his chances of being picked number one, two, or three in this draft. So that takes us to our second pick. It is the San Francisco 49ers. They are on uh, the clock, but guess what? It just clicked over. It said that the pick is in over for the San Francisco 49ers. So um, that situation uh, that means uh Goodell will be up there in just a moment uh so the, here it's uh Josh Murray uh Matt Liner uh Kelly Stouffer and a guy's name I couldn't uh, pronounce and Josh Rosen all first round draft picks uh Murray this year last year Rosen 2006 Liner and Stouffer was 1987 so those were the number one and some guy I'd never even heard of uh back in uh the early 80s so the pick is in, so we'll wait for that portion. Who do you think this one? Where do you think they're going, Cuervo? Uh, number two, San Francisco. I fully expect them to upgrade their pass rush. Uh, they're not very happy with Solomon Thomas. Uh, rumor has it that they that they've got him on the trade block. So, uh, with the number two pick, I fully expect San Francisco to go with Joey Bosa's brother, Nick. Yeah, I, I don't – and they'd be real close to each other. What about you, Jonathan, real quick before the pick's in on that number two? Actually, they're still on the clock, but they said that the pick is in. Go ahead. Uh, I, I expect Bosa as well. Uh, everything the way it's gone it has just led to this. All right, so he is at the podium, that being Roger Goodell. Nick Bosa uh, going to be close to his brother over there in, uh, as far as uh, the Chargers are concerned. So they'll be at least, you know, maybe they'll be roommates. Who knows? Uh, but, uh, hey, those two got motors. I mean, look at what Bosa did for the Chargers last year. Once that guy got healthy, Cuervo, he totally changed the, the, the that side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers in 2018. Yeah, he did, and he became he became the pass rusher that they all that they thought he was going to be. And um, you know, I think he I think he went down with an injury. Um, yep, was it last year? I want to say yes. last year. So yeah, so I mean, the fact that he still you know wound up being the number two pick really says a lot about him. Uh, and if any other team but Arizona picking at number at number one, I think Bolton could have been the number one pick very easily. 
I think so, too. If they were happy at the quarterback position, I don't think there would have been a doubt of where he would be there. So uh, you take a look at that kind of situation. you got the brothers going on uh, there over in California. So on the number three area, uh, or the number three pick is the Jets. They are up and ready to rock and roll. Uh, they don't have the pick. Their clock is up running. What are you thinking about the Jets? Now, the Jets, they got their quarterback, so they're kind of set there. Um, so looking at this, Jonathan, where do you think the Jets are? Where do you think their biggest needs are going into this draft here at the number three pick? Uh, I mean, personally, I feel like the Jets just need talent in general. Um, they're a team that you know, that they, they they just need talent all the way around, to be completely honest. I can see them going defense here. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I would expect them to go with Quinn and Williams or Ed, or Ed Oliver. I know they've been linked to Ed Oliver uh, this week yep. heavily. So I could see them uh, going ahead and taking Ed Oliver, who in my eyes, I mean, one of the best defensive linemen I've, I've seen, uh, especially the college ranks, where he tore it up every week. Ed Oliver has a chance to be uh, an Aaron Donald-type dominant uh, defensive lineman. Uh, so, you know, that, that I think would be a solid pick uh, to, to stack up on that front seven. But at some point, I mean, look at the Jets, man. And it's just at some point, you've got to stop drafting defensive linemen. If you drafted Richardson and Wilkerson and Williams, at some point we got to look at a different position, right? You, know, you keep drafting Absolutely. defensive linemen, the team keeps losing. Maybe something else needs to change. Maybe offensive line, uh, but uh, hey, listen, they they play in a division where they're going to be, you know, two, three, or four because obviously the Patriots are all set and ready to go right there. Their uh, positioning, uh, it's their division to lose, and I don't see them losing even this year. So, okay, go ahead, Cuervo. I'm going to go on the sneeze attack. Go ahead, Cuervo. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah, number three. Um, you know, this one, I, I don't know. This one's hard to tell. I mean, I, I think the Jets can are going to be either way. I think they can't really go wrong here. I don't know what you think. But I think if they if they keep the pick at three, uh, I fully think that they're going to take Quentin Williams from Alabama. But if they were smart, they would trade them, get some, get some extra picks, stock up, because I, I don't – they don't. It's not just one need that they have. They have multiple needs. They have multiple holes in that in that team, and there's no quicker way to do it and cheaper way than to uh, stock up on draft picks and, and just kind of build through Absolutely. the draft. So. Absolutely, and the Jets are a football team that can definitely improve their football team with the number three pick, regardless of that. I mean, really, I, I, the only way you can really bust at number three is if if the guy gets injured, because the guy who's going to end up going at the number three is going to be a quality ball player. Uh, but the Jets have been known to take the wrong pick for the wrong for their team. And I'm in full agreement with Jonathan. At some point, you're going to have to look differently besides the defensive line. If you are the Jets, whether, again, if that's the offensive line or even for that matter, they got the quarterback, why don't you give him a weapon to throw the football to? Because right now, name me off the top of my head, who's the wide receiver for the Jets right now? Name him. Quincy Inouama. Robbie Anderson uh, is the yeah. name to pronounce. There we go. Exactly. All right, here we go, guys. All right, so 
I just saw a tweet. The tra- the Jets are trying to trade out. So if you're wondering what's yeah. taking yeah. them so long, they're working on a deal to try and trade out of this pick. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, because they can fall back. I mean, if you're going to get a wide receiver, you can fall back. And again, remember this draft is defensive heavy this year. So if you got your eye on one, two, or maybe even three wide receivers that you think that can help your football team, there is no reason why the Jets shouldn't trade down. Now, on the offensive line, that's a different story because I talk about it all the time right now. If the Dallas Cowboys had a first-round draft pick, if they don't take offensive line, they are nuts. But they don't have that number one pick, uh, first-round pick, so uh, they don't have to worry about it. But the but as far as the Jets are concerned, you either got to give them a weapon or protect the guy that's going to deliver the ball, and that's offensive line. So, um, again, the Jets working on trying to get that trade. They got two minutes and 14 seconds left to finish and finalize that deal. And here's the thing. They can call yay or nay on something, and that is the good thing about where the Jets are in this draft because they can demand a lot more right now better than anybody else even in this last two minutes. So stocking up draft picks or maybe compensatory picks as well, um, that's always a uh, situation for the Jets. I agree. I think they should trade out because uh, the offensive line and uh, wide receiver are the two spots I think they need to go after. They can get it much better a little bit later. So I think you see that trade out. So the question is, is who are they on the phone with, Jonathan? I, I Honestly, I think the Washington Redskins are the team that is bugging them right now. Um, you know, I know the, the Redskins are – Hell bent on getting a quarterback this year. Uh, the Jets, the Jets did not find a trade partner, so they will be making a pick. Oh, very good. So I'm in commercial. So you guys are seeing other. Yep, the pick is in. So they did not make the trade. So they couldn't. You know, they were in a good position to do so, um, to make some make some noise. However. They got the pick in, so I'm really interested to see where they'll be end up going. So after that pick, um, as far as the Jets are concerned, the next will be up will be the first of the three picks for the Oakland Raiders, and they're probably on the phone. So um, because they could trade out of that spot, and you know, very interesting situation and placement for. The uh, Oakland Raiders, again, with three picks, they got a lot of things they can do with it. I don't think they trade this one. I think they need to get that quality player. Um, and, you know, quarterback, You know, everybody's talking about how great John Gruden is. I think he's probably the most overrated coach in the NFL right now. But, um, you know, he gets a show. He gets a show that, that supposedly uh, makes him a quarterback whisperer. What do you think? I mean, you know, so, I mean, who did you think the Jets were going to go after, Cuervo? They're going to take Quentin Williams out of Alabama, D-tackle. And, and and you didn't think it was Williams, Jonathan. Who do you think he's there that the Jets are looking at? Uh, Ed Oliver was the one I, uh, I was That's who I thought they were going to go. I thought they'd go out the ring starting to come down. In Nashville, I thought they were thinking about pulling that in because of the rain. Um, so it's starting to rain over there. The pick is in, so we'll wait and see what's going on as far as who they actually pick. 
here comes Roger Goodell. He takes a long walk up there. So before I hit the sound effect, let me hit that right there. And the jet selection. Right on that pick, Quentin Williams. Why did they grab him up, Cuervo? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Sonny, I mean, you know, in the past couple of years, they, they've managed to let Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson walk away. So uh, they, uh, you know, they needed some help up front. Uh, Leonard Williams can't do it all by himself. So they needed some, they needed another big body up there. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's all about getting pressure on Tom Brady and those other quarterbacks in that division. So uh, they went with the best uh, interior lineman, and they got their guy. Well, you know, Jonathan, I'm right there with you. They go defensive line again, and I don't necessarily think that that has helped them within the last four or five years, you know, with them having the top ten pick every single year. You know what I mean? So, uh I, I, I'm right where they're with you. I think Oliver should have been the pick. What do you think about Williams? Uh, Quinn is obviously a very talented football player. Uh, you know, has has done a uh, did a phenomenal job at Alabama last year. Very good at getting after the passer. Uh, big body guy holds up against the run real well. I mean, I don't think he's a bad player. And in, in all honesty, I don't think it's a bad pick. I just think that the Jets maybe don't need defensive line to help again and again and again, uh, especially since you can't retain it. Uh, but, you know, I, again, though, Quentin's a good ball player. He's going to have a good a good career. Uh, I'll be amazed if he can actually stay with the Jets past the rookie contract since none of them seem to be able to. Yeah, I agree 100%. That is right there. So, that that takes us to the Raiders pick. By the way, folks, we're coming to you live from the Jerry Bullet training facility. Right now, the soccer going on with the Munchkins Alpha. Uh, they, they got everything that you could do, whether it's soccer. They have volleyball indoor. They have sand volleyball out here. They got the training facility for football, basketball, um, and anything, any sport that you do, they've got it covered right here at the uh, Jerry Bullet Training uh, Facility, the Bullet Experience. Check them out, thebulletexperience.com. You can see anything and everything that they do here regarding training and things of that sort. So uh, make sure you uh, take a look at what the Bullet Experience does for you. That moves us to the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders have a lot of holes. We talked about it and where it is, but um, I, I'm going to just jump to Jonathan because he wasn't online when we were talking about John Gruden. Uh, John Gruden, I think, ego's gotten away. They lose Amari Cooper. They lose the big man over to Chicago. Um, you know, I, is is the Raiders' problem the head coach and the ego of the head coach? I mean, because when you looked at that football team just a couple of years ago, we were talking about a quarterback that was in the in line for the MVP, playing very well. Now all those weapons are gone. What do you think is wrong with the Raiders? Is it personnel? Is it the um, is it the head coach? Is it the fact that Mayock is going to probably end up being a scapegoat for um, the head coach who's actually, I honestly think, making all the picks and all the decisions for the Oakland Raiders moving forward as he has a 10-year, $10 million-a-year contract, $100 bucks. That guy's making the decisions. 
Uh, yeah, Coach Gruden will make the decisions just like he did in Tampa uh, when it came to draft time. Uh, you know, I mean, trading Cooper and trading Mac, I, I, in all honesty, if you know Gruden, you should have expected it. He will try to burn it down and rebuild in his image, um, especially trying to go a cheaper route here. And, you know, I, as, as far as – I don't see an issue with Coach Gruden yet. I will see what happens here. Has he learned from his previous mistake? Because Gruden's mistake in Tampa was that he started to rely on veterans too much, and he also neglected defense. You know, he stopped spending money defensively, and he, but he started going after uh, nothing but uh, offensive guys. Brought in guys like Tim Brown and Charlie Garner and Michael Pittman, all these older aging veterans. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, you know, I, look, I put nothing past the Raiders here. This is a complete wild card pick. I'd love to tell you that they're going to take that Oliver or Josh Allen or, or, or Dwayne Haskins, but I'm not sure what they're going to do here. Uh, I mean, they, Derek Carr is about as untradeable as you can get with that contract. And last year, maybe he was still trying, still mentally getting over the injury, so we're not entirely certain what's going on there. Uh, you know, but I, the Raiders are an interesting team. And in all honesty, if I was a coach slash GM like Coach Gruden is, I wouldn't mind burning it down and rebuilding in my image and starting off with a fresh deck of, of first-round picks um, and, and really, really overhauling a young team. It's just how's he going to do it and can he do it correctly is all i got to wonder. Got it. And thanks for the update there, Cuervo. We'll turn down the sound effects as they're a little high from what I'm told. But – I, I, I'm looking at, at, at John Gruden, and I'm I'm a what have you done for me lately kind of guy, I guess. I really am. Uh, you know, again, we talked about Aquero. We talked about how he, you know, inherited the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and did absolutely nothing for him after they won the Super Bowl. After Tony Dungy, you know, set it up for him to knock him down. Um, you know, and. The simple fact of the matter is that what kind of coach has he been? If you look at his records, we talked about it. His records haven't been anything to write home to mama about. Um, and so the fact that the love affair was still there after they let him go, after he goes to Tampa Bay, and then they bring him back, um, the question is, is you know, you know, is this guy the right guy to lead? But, you know, they're stuck with this guy because the Raiders are the cheapest organization in the NFL – they got $100 million sunk into the guy. Everybody else is going to go before him, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, is, that is the downside here for, for guys like Mayock and, and whoever else is that Gruden is going to have the extended reign here. Um, you know, I'm going, to make a pick, I'm going to make a pick prediction here because Gruden spent multiple times last year talking about how it would be nice to have Khalil Mack. I think Oakland goes yes. the best edge rusher in my eyes here in Josh Allen. So, of course, it's a guy I want the Bucks to take. So, it only makes sense that he's going to get drafted here. Um, I, I, I just Because he kept talking about that, I feel like that might be the pick. Again, though, would not be surprised to go somewhere else. Uh, but, you know, just because that whole Khalil Mack comment that he made last year stuck in my mind, that, that's going to be my prediction here. Cuervo, who's your prediction on the number four pick as the pick is in for Oakland? I think it's uh, I think it's going to be Ed Oliver. Uh, they need a pass rusher. While I agree that Josh Allen might be the better one, um, I think they want to grab a guy that can that can really get some pressure up front. Uh, Allen Allen's more of a, a 
he's a tall linebacker, but he'd be better suited as a as a you know outside, probably a Sam or a strong strong side linebacker. So, uh, but I, I think up front, you know, to try and quote unquote replace Khalil Mack, um, that's what they're trying to do with this pick. And and, and I, I'm not saying that Oliver's going to do it, but I think that's they probably feel the best about that possible replacement with with him. So that's why I think it is. I wonder, but I don't think they're going to go either either one of them. I, that's too much of an admission that he made the mistake. I, I believe that. I believe the ego of what the what the Raiders are because that that's the way they work. So that having been said, um, up at the podium is the commissioner. Okay, I lowered the noise so it's not as loud. Thank you, Cuervo. And here comes the pick. It is Colin. Uh, what's that? You know, it's Farrell, defensive end out of Clemson. So, they well, go of course, they would side. go way off the, the radar with that pick. Yeah. Way of off course the radar. The pick. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, because you, yeah, I, 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 that's it. to me, that's an ego pick. I mean, even though it's not – I thought they'd go different position, but, um, you know, I think this is an ego pick right here, Cuervo. Whoa. Jesus. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'm speechless right now. Go ahead, Jonathan. Whoa. Okay. Um, um, wow. Jonathan's okay. speechless. So, first off, yeah. Farrell is the third best Clemson defensive lineman in this draft. Second off, Farrell's <laughs> exactly. not better than Josh Allen. Third off, why are you going to do this to me? Because we're not going to take Josh Allen because I want him, and it's going to kill me. But congratulations <laughs> to Farrell. Obviously, you know, he had a good career at Clemson. Granted, it was because he had Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence eating up an entire interior so he could go one-on-one the whole time. Um, I, I, you know, I hope he succeeds. Um, you know, he's obviously, like I said, a talented ball player. Oakland just, wow. I, I just, yeah, nope. Nope, nope, no, 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 no. Just oh my Just god! Just not the right oh, way to go. Probably a good character guy, and he's 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 a monster too. By the way, guys, six four, two hundred sixty four pounds. Dude is an absolute monster. Um, but still, I mean, like like Jonathan said, I mean, he's not even the best defensive player to come out of Clemson. You got Christian Wilkins, that's still out there. You got. Um, who else is – who's the other guy? Dexter – I guess Dexter Lawrence. I mean, you can you can make that argument. I guess it's a preference thing. But, uh, yeah. The dude's not I, even I, I in Nashville, guys. The dude is not even in Nashville. I mean, I, I mean, I, I thought they shipped out the, you know, the top, you know, 10 to 15 players out there. The dude is not even in Nashville. Dude's at home. I, I, <laughs> Interesting pick. I, I guess that's the only thing you can say, you know, just an interesting pick for the Oakland Raiders, how they do it, how they move on. Now it's on to, wow, I, I'm, I'm, that one's a shocker. So we're moving on here. We're coming to you live from the Bullet Experience here in Raleigh, hey, Texas. Sonny. Melvin Bullet's going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. Uh, again, a guy that stopped, you know, Tom Brady. Not too many people that can say that, but. 
Melvin Bullock. Uh, he's going to join us in about 10 minutes. Uh, go ahead there, Cuervo. Jump in. Hey, Sonny, real quick. So this, so a pick like that, you're going to see now, This the domino effect has started. And, and mm-hmm. now you're going to see teams mm-hmm. starting to move up or, or, or in the, uh, uh, you know, inquiring about moving up to try and get, you know, look, Tampa Bay, Jonathan, dude, the, the operator. You got you got all the pickings right here. You can go with yes, Allen. You, do. you can go with Bush. You can go with uh, at Oliver. Like Tampa Bay has every. Uh, this, this is a dream scenario for them. Everybody that they possibly wanted is there, thanks to the Oakland yeah. Raiders. Yes. So interestingly enough, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not one that. Uh, were rumored to trade trade out of that position. Do you? I mean, I don't know the guy no. down there that listens to it, Jonathan. Are they are they a team that's going to trade out of that position now, or are they definitely going to grab up a guy? I I I think they stay put. Now the issue is, do they want White or Allen? Because Devin White would replace. Um, uh, uh, the guy went Quan Alexander, where and Bruce oh, Arians has a has a soft spot for LSU guys, whereas Josh yeah. Allen would provide us that edge rush we really need. Look, we have linebackers. I I, I trust There's our no linebackers. There's no question you have linebackers. When, yep. You know, Levante Davis obviously good, but Dion Buchanan, um, a Kevin Minter. Jack Cincy, Riley Bullock, Josh Allen slides in at that edge rush linebacker spot, that James Harrison role that is perfect for Todd Bull's defense. And this is a guy I want so bad, and I was hoping he actually wouldn't be here because I, because I have a gut feeling we're not going to take him. But God, give me Josh Allen. Please, Tampa, do something for me. Well, I think you have to. And also remember this, you know, just like you said, Todd Bowles now, defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is his kind of guy, Cuervo. So when when you see that and that need that's really in Tampa Bay, I think this is a no-brainer. I think they go Allen here since he's available, uh, since the Raiders, you know, tripped over, you know, the chalk out there. Um, you know, so since right. he's available, I think we see Tampa Bay grabbing him up. I think so, too, in my in – my, uh... In my little uh, mock trap that I started, but I never, I never finished it. You know, after we talked, but uh, I, I actually, I actually, yeah, Alan, Alan is is the pick I think right here. Um, and I was because I was thinking, man, him and him and Levante David. Oh man, I feel sorry for. Yeah, <laughs> I feel sorry for guys like Devonte Freeman and, and Christian McCaffrey because those dudes. Whew, yeah, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be bad. Uh, I just I just hope for Jonathan's sake. I really hope that Tampa Bay makes the right call and they draft Josh Allen right here, or Devin White. Well, you can't a... go wrong either way. But I think Allen is right. the more dynamic pass rusher. Well, and again, that that goes to the defensive coordinator, and I, that's why I think they go Allen. The pick is in for the Buccaneers, uh, so they'll take a minute or two to get the commissioner up to the podium. But after that, we have the uh, New York Giants will be on the clock after that. 
Then my Jacksonville Jaguars, who won't get out of their own way, they'll mess it up. That's just what they do. Detroit, after that, a team that has been rumored to uh, think about trading out of that position. Then the Buffalo Bills at number nine. And then at number 10, the Denver Broncos. That's what's coming up unless something drastically changes or some moves out of those positions. It's going to be an interesting thing. Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, fans are excited. So say that again. What what you got? I I hear Jonathan with some noise. What you got there, Jonathan? So uh, the Raiders. Uh, let me rephrase this. Amari Cooper's agent, who also represents Khalil Mack, also represents Ed Oliver and Josh Allen. And there is there is no love between uh, the agent and uh, the Raiders. So that would explain why they passed on both of those guys. Son of, we took Devin White. Interesting. What? We're going to take Devin White. Devin White, so uh, they're, they're, they got a special guest to announce this one. By the way, WrestleMania next year is going to be in Tampa Bay, so the pick is in, and they're going to go ahead and announce the uh, pick here. It's uh, Casey Williams, English Foundation, that uh, wanted to do the pick, so that's kind of cool. So the pick form is... White. Is it white? Yes, it is. It's white. So they grab white. That means Allen is still available. And my wish is Allen to slide down to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the Jaguars need a quarterback really, really bad. Uh, I have, well, no, they don't mark that. They got Foles the other day. So I take that back. So white could be down there. That's who I wanted the Jaguars to go after is white. But uh, or uh, Allen. So White is in Tampa Bay. So that puts the New York Giants on the clock, guys. Um, so, but let's go back really quick. What do you think? White uh, uh, picked up by Tampa Bay. Good pick, bad pick. Cuervo, what do you think? I think it's – I think you couldn't have gone wrong either way because, look, LSU is known for defensive studs. Um yes. But I tell you, Josh Allen is, is – I mean, he, he showed out this past year in, at Kentucky. I think – what did he have, Jonathan? 17 sacks, I want to say, which is ridiculous. I mean, we – you know, Well, him being – hold on, Quirk, but let me jump in there. Him being from Kentucky, I think that kills his uh, sack product and the reason why he might have been sliding, uh, sliding down here. I mean, it very well could be. Um but look, I mean, they got a linebacker. That's all that matters. You couldn't really go wrong either way, either getting Devin White or Josh Allen. I'm just glad they Good didn't, uh, you know, pull pull a, a move like the Raiders did. You know, draft somebody like Brian. Well, Brian Burns from Florida State. I'm sure you would have loved that, Jonathan. But <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got to admit, you got to admit, there's some better linebackers. You know, those two were better than Burns. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I'd love for Brian to uh, a fellow classmate. I would love for Brian to be in the fold uh, in Tampa. That's uh, obviously not going to happen. Um, look, I like Devin White. Devin White is a heck of a ball player, uh, arguably the best linebacker in this class. I, you know, and I know the Bucks have been targeting him. 
This, this whole cycle with the idea that Alan, I know, since we all had a belief that Alan wouldn't follow us. Um, I, I'm disappointed because for a team that talks about we need edge rushers, we need edge rushers, we need edge rushers, we pass on the guy who had 17 sacks last year in the SEC. I mean, whether it was Kentucky or not, he had 17 sacks last year. Uh, he has 31 sacks over three years. Um, you know, it's not like he's a one-year wonder. He, you know, he's been putting up consistent performance, and um, I'm just, I, 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 this, this sucks to say that I'm disappointed because I like Devin as a ball player, but I fell in love with Josh Allen during during the you know season last year. Uh, you know, would love to have him on my team. A high character guy. Uh, you know, not to say Devin White's not. I'm not trying to disparage Devin White in any way. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea here for me was if Josh Allen wasn't there, I wanted Devin White. And it's right. just, it's just for a team that, you know, wants to be multiple, wants to have edge rushers, our only defensive end, our only pass rushers, Jason Deere and Paul. And, you know, he's 31-32, uh, and granted, he had a great year last year. You know, 12 and a half sacks. First time he had double digit sacks in a season by a player in a while. But this is, um, this, this, this will take a minute to swallow. Okay, let's just give yeah, you an I mean, update. The pick is in really quick. Sorry, Cuervo. Um, the, no, you're the pick is in for the Giants. Go ahead, Cuervo. Complete your thought there. Go ahead. They, they still have time. No, Go ahead. Well, well, what I was going to say is I, I really don't think uh, Buck fans should be too disappointed. I mean, I know Allen is the more Get some time. more more flashy uh, uh, linebacker right. to put up the bigger numbers and things like that. But again, LSU is known for these type of guys to, to produce in the NFL. So I think that's how Tampa Bay looked at it, and they said, well, who, who's – you know." Who's going to be the more, I guess, guaranteed success? You know, I mean, how many, how many uh, Kentucky linebackers have gone on to have great careers in the NFL? I know a lot of people are saying it doesn't matter. To me, it I think it actually does matter, you know, based on history of positions that certain guys come, you know, from what school they come from, and, and all that stuff. I think it absolutely does matter. Okay, um, it looks like the pick is in. Let me hit this button right here. The pick is in for the Giants. And who did they take? They took it. That was the X factor. This is where I knew he was going to go. Jones to the Giants. Obviously, the relationship with the quarterbacks, obviously, Eli Manning and the uh, coaches of the Manning brothers, uh, might as well just keep on in the tradition. It was an X-factor pick in reality, uh, guys. Uh, no oh, great big boy. surprise for me here. Cuervo, what do you think about Jones to the Giants? Uh, does that change the <laughs> – that's what I think. That's what I think. Wow, the Giants really screwed this up, boy. Yeah, I mean, look. Oh, no, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. Thank you, Chuck. Can can I can I finish my statement now, Chuck? Thank you. Um, look, if you wanted a traditional pocket passer not named Dwayne Haskins, I think Drew Locke would have been a better pick here. Uh, Looking at that, Jonathan, what do you think about the pick? 
They go ahead and take Jones. Obviously, it's the quarterback position. How do you feel about it? <laughs> I knew I had to, I knew I had the comedy the comedy central starts up here. <laughs> this has become amateur hour, son. They took amateur hour They took Daniel well, Jones because he had the same college court, college coach as Eli Manning and it's that's the why. dumbest thing ever. Dwayne Haskins was begging. I mean, that man was begging to be drafted here, and you passed on him for what? For what? Hey, you know what? You know what? You know what? Because of that, I hope, I hope Dwayne Haskins gets drafted by the Redskins, and he and he absolutely makes them a nightmare murder for the next them. ten years. <laughs> well, they're gonna murder him anyway. It is the NFC East, you know, so. <laughs> going to happen, but Jones over to the uh, Giants. Now, guys, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to do this. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and not because we're going to go to break. It's because I have got one of our uh, guests here. He is the owner, proprietor of the Jerry Bullet. Uh, training center. It's Jerry Bullet. How you doing, Jerry? Doing good. How you doing? Put that a little closer. Go okay. ahead and take it out or take it out. Of there. We have Jerry Bullet. Welcome into the show. Thanks for having me over here. Hey, thanks for me. I tell you what, it will change one thing. My son Melvin actually is the owner proprietor. I'm just the name and the face of the place. Well, okay, there it is. I kind of I and felt I, that, but I didn't want to disrespect oh, the no, man. No disrespect uh, whatsoever. Yes, I'm happy to be here and be a part of it. Excited. Tell a little. Tell us a little bit about your career. Now, I I know you had the injury problem right. um, that kind of wiped out. Redskins. Redskins, yeah. yeah. Went to A&M, did fairly well, started uh, Southwest Conference freshman of the year and played middle linebacker, three and a half years started. What year was that? I was 80 to 83. Good years. I'm I'm, I'm old guy, but I'm still here and happy to be here. No, we uh, really worked with the boys, thought, hey, if I could do it, they could do it. The goal was get scholarships, mm-hmm. get their education paid for. And yep. Work Locally, with Damon Forrest right down the street. Here in Garland, right? Yep. And uh, that's the Raleigh Eagles play each and every year. Each, each one. Each and every year. Yep. So, excited. Really, shout out to my new ex-Mainfield buddy, Kevin Murray. Yeah. 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 Played school together, Kyler. Yep. Over in Allen. He played over in Allen. Right now, yeah. Little guy. Now, but no. That's right. <laughs> hey, but no, we're excited for you guys coming out. Come check out the Jerry Sports Talk a little bit before you go, because I got Mel going to be joining me here in just a second. What was what was the dream? I mean, what started this? Because this is a beautiful facility, folks. You can get, check it out, bulletexperience.com. Uh, what was, what was what the – you, know, you, you started out downtown Garland, and that's how I met up with you, because you mm-hmm. – well, a good part of it. We actually started way back when. We mm-hmm. started training. Must gradually, some of their friends came, and more friends came. And the next thing you know, I was training. I had a name of course, high school. They had like 14 summer. And uh, with that, I decided, hey, you know, I want to make this this thing real. And I trained Melvin for the NFL Combine. He did real successful. Absolutely. Picked up somewhere along the lines of about 14, 15 other players who are currently in the league now and doing well. So that was a big part of things. So then once Melvin was through playing, we decided, hey, this is something we want to take to a whole different level. 
But we wanted to involve more than just football. Absolutely. And naturally, we got involved in volleyball, and we're going toward gravitating towards some soccer, and mm-hmm. we're flag basketball. football, and we're basketball. We're we're basically a one stop shop for sports, and we're predominantly youth sports. Yeah. So you know, we're excited about getting to work with kids in this area, and we have kids that come from outside the area as well. So talk a little bit about the coaching that goes on here. It's not just. I mean, obviously, you have the NFL player you there, and your son Terrence playing up in, in Canada, and uh, you know, I've been trying to recruit him to the indoor league, but hey, I, I understand not wanting to go. I get it. Um, it but uh, talk a little bit about your coaching in the other. Areas. But, you know, the good part, when it, particularly when it comes to football, I'll talk about that first. Terrence and them and their connection with still some of the younger guys who they Absolutely. played with. Mm-hmm. And we got some really, really well-grounded young men out here who are they're good coaches. They're good guys that can develop youngsters. And we're just really excited about the future with our football program. Okay. Hold on one second. The Jacksonville Jaguars with their pick. Take Josh Allen. That's who I wanted. I'm a Jaguar fan, just to let you know. So, uh, and we'll get to you guys here in just a moment. We have Jerry. Go ahead. Finish up there real quick. Okay. There. And then, no, with, with Terrence and Melvin in the football program, it's, it's going to reach really, really epic levels. They're very good. Uh, we have some things planned down the line. We've been talking with Kevin and bringing Kevin on board with some things. He's really excited. Cool. You know, Kevin Murray carries a lot of weight. With Absolutely. Him, so he's awesome. Now, <laughs> even more. Even more. I mean, yeah. um, he, he's been that kind of guy and carries a lot. But Melvin, excellent defense. Terrence, excellent defense. And we have some other younger guys that are coming along. And I kind of oversee everything from this. You know, I may be the guy that come in and, you know, just, he put on the hat. I saw him run out to the truck to get his hat. Yeah, need the hat. Yeah, need the hat. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, it's really excited being here. But I, Melvin can speak for what's going on because all the little interested in and out things. So I'm going to go ahead and let him take the mic. And you got take it. Over. Man, I really appreciate you being here. No, Jerry, always a pleasure. Thanks for stopping in. Thank you. And, and Jerry Bullock is the, the face of the name the uh, building here, and we're going to bring in Melvin Bullet. Let's hop back into the guys that are online and the, the pick. Uh, Josh Allen, this, I'm a happy dude this, uh, today, guys. What do you think about the pick over in Josh Allen there, guys? Uh, Cuervo, we'll start with you. Congratulations, Sonny. I mean, you get, you're getting yourself a dynamic pass rusher. Now, the only question I have for you is who, who's, who's the, uh, who's the uh, guy that's going to be out? Is it going to be Miles Jack? Because I don't think you're going to let Kelvin Smith walk away, or, or you're not going to downgrade Kelvin him. Kelvin Smith ain't going nowhere. Exactly. Or, or what's what's the move here? Because, I mean, do you move him to middle? Is Josh Allen going to play in the middle? Um, you know, so I'm just kind of no, curious to see how. Well, someone's going to have to move if they keep him. Right, Jonathan, is that what you're saying? No, no, the, the Jaguars had a hole, a strong side backer. Um, you know, Leon Jacobs right. was, is at the top of the, the, the depth chart. So you just slide Allen in right there. And, my goodness, this front seven for Jacksonville is yeah. fearsome. You pair that with a secondary that's obviously very good. This Jacksonville defense is going to be uh, top five once again this yep. year. I mean, yep. just – I, I root for the wrong Florida team. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, well, no, hold, you on. Know, hold I mean, on. You can't say that because the Jaguars before two years ago were, were no better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you, you, you I think you were kind of, you know, with the combination of that and the Miami Dolphins, you were, ju- you were just on a uh, 
uh, sinking ship over there, I guess you can say. Yeah, well, you know, one day one of us will figure it out again. But, uh, I, you know, I mean, this, this great job for the Jack Wires. Uh, you're, I believe the defense is set ready to go. I mean, free safety is still something I'm looking at, trying to figure out what's going on there. Um, you know, but you look at the offense. The offense, obviously, is a lot of talent at wide receiver. Uh, you know, you bring in Nick Foles. You have a lot of talent at running back. Uh, you know, at this point, if you're the Jaguars, all you're going to do now is shore up the offensive line with some depth and, and hope that Nick Foles is the Nick Foles you paid for. Uh, so, I mean, good job, Absolutely. Jacksonville. Good job. You got my guy. Uh, you know, we took our favorite player, who's obviously who I think is going to be, uh, you know, somebody at the same level as Luke Keekley. Uh, and now you get Josh Allen, who I think is somebody who could be on the same level as Khalil Mack. So good job. Uh, I mean, good job. Hat tip. And and the Jaguars need it. Um, and not only that, if you thought about it going into this season, when you looked at Jacksonville, you looked at their defense. Will it come back? I mean, because let's be honest, I think they look – and, and I, with all due respect to my buddy Tom McManus, okay, I look at what Tom McManus, former uh, linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that came on our 10th year anniversary show. He stated he didn't need anybody uh, to on the offensive side to fire him up to play but when you're the Jaguars and you've had Blake Bortles for five years and you're going into the season with that kind of quarterback I mean the defense did not show and I think and and, you know I might be wrong I maybe it's me maybe because Sonny Clark's got that simplistic mind they're out there going why are we busting it when we know we're not going to get anywhere offensively because let's be honest even though Jacksonville's defense didn't play up the snuff the way they should have they did play enough. So, you know, and if they, I think if they had a better mindset because of who was at the quarterback position, they could have been even more successful, even though it wasn't successful last year. Um, they could have been more successful because of the quarterback position. Because let's be honest, when you got chemistry on the, on the team and everybody's playing together, everybody takes it up a level even more than what they can physically put out on the football field. I mean, that, at least that's my opinion, Cuervo. Yeah, no, absolutely. I Ooh. mean, and that's what it's all about. Lions pick is in, by the way. Better. What's that, Sonny? The Lions pick is in uh, number eight. So, just uh, I thought they would. And that was another team that was rumored to trade out of the uh, first round. Yeah, I, mean, I, thought, I thought there was a chance, too. Um, but, uh, you know, given the way that this thing has shaped out so far, I originally had, uh, you know, I was thinking that Detroit was going to take DJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa. But considering that, that, offense, that, could, very, that could be the pick, uh, but we'll see. What a dumb pick. PJ Hawkinson, uh, uh, did I lose you there, Cuervo? I'm here, Sonny. Okay, I'm sorry. I I, I interrupted you with the thing because the pick was in and it came out. T.J. Hawking uh, Hawkinson for the uh, for the uh, Lions. Uh, yep. What do you think about that one? As far as that, I mean, uh, okay, tight end. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I just, I, this is just, I mean, this is a football, we've talked about it on our show for the last seven years. This is a team that doesn't utilize the tight end in the red zone, and that's where they need to use them the, the most. I mean, they had four guys at the tight end position for the Lions, and they could not utilize them. Now they go ahead and take a tight end with the, with the number eight pick? Come on. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, I, I just mentioned it right before the pick came out that that's who they were going to take. So, And then the reason I thought that is because traditionally the Detroit Lions have, have made these type of picks before with Eric Ebron and Brandon Pettigrew. They've, they have gone tight end in the first round before. And, yeah. look, they need, that extra, they need that extra blocking. They need another red zone target. But it's like you said, are they going to actually use him? That's the question. So. This is, I mean, this had Detroit, I knew he, this had Detroit Lions written all over it. I already, I, the, I, I knew. Yep. So that's, that's why I figured they, this is where they were going to go. Jonathan, let me get your opinion before we bring in uh, Melvin Bullock. Go ahead. What a dumb pick. <laughs> that's what I was saying. <laughs> what a dumb pick. Here's a fun one for you. So over... Since 1969, 12 tight ends have been taken in the top 10. Only one of them was an all-pro, more than one, first team. And that was back in the 70s. Okay? This was a dumb pick. The Lions have multiple needs. Tight end is not your biggest need. It's not. not They don't utilize them. I mean, every time they take a tight end in the first round, they fail. <laughs> Eric Ebron, Brandon Pettigrew, they fail. They, I'm, oh, it, it, ah, this is why the Lions suck. This is why the Lions suck. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with that. A lot more I'm okay why with the that. Lions suck, but that, that, was, that, that is a key contributor to it. <laughs> I'm okay with that, guys. They can suck all they want. I really don't care. Yeah. Well, that's because that's because you're a Chicago Bears fan, and you Damn hope right. they make that's exactly picks like this. <laughs> so that's where he's at on this. There he is. It's Mr. Melvin Bullock, guys. Um, Buffalo is on the clock. We'll get that pick here in just a moment. I have got on a guy. Okay, I've said it before. I will say it again. This is the guy that's Brady. Yeah, that's right. Check out the video. See, he's shaking his head, because, but he's the one that stops Tom Brady. By the way, that was on fourth, fourth down, too, by the way, wasn't that? That was on fourth down. Ladies and gentlemen, I guess now uh, the actual owner and proprietor of the Jerry Bullet Training Center. <laughs> it's Melvin Bullet. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Tony? Doing good. Do you know anything about the picks? Um, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to catch up on it. I was too busy coaching flag football. That's right, flag but football. I, I did have a feeling that Kyler Murray would go first. Mm-hmm. So that that in my opinion was a, a smart pick. Yeah, because um, of the coach, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I do, and I think that it gives them a little leverage for trade value with um with with Rosen yeah. as well. Absolutely, so. and mm-hmm. it, it, not, it's just too bad that Rosen didn't work out. But that's a coaching thing, uh, yeah. more than anything else. If they had a different coach, I think Josh Rosen would stay right there. Um, you know that's it's, it, you can always play the what if game, of course. But when you look at them bringing Cliff Kingsbury in, the type of offense he's known for running, the tree he was under with Mike Leach, um, it just makes sense. Right. You know, and now you got a guy that's mobile, 
and he can spin the ball just as well as Rosen, if not better. So. Right. You think the height is going to have anything to do? We're talking. They say five nine. Everybody says five seven or five eight. Well, well he was uh, measured at five ten at the combine. Yeah. So I mean, and, and I've you know he he's a lot bigger than people think. Um, he's he's a stout guy. He's two ten, five ten. So he's not a small guy by any means. Walking in the streets, you wouldn't be small. It's just you know you playing against guys that are over six feet on average. You know, so that makes a big difference. But you look at some of the most successful quarterbacks, Drew Brees. You know, he's a right at six foot guy. So, yeah. well, definitely. So, uh, by the way, uh, we're we're hanging out here through through the first round. They they're doing it. Talk a little bit about the the Boulder experience. What's going on? And, and the vision of this place. By the way, when it first started going up, I lived right down the street. Literally oh, cool! Right down the street. Yeah. And I saw it go up, and I didn't know what to expect. And when I pulled up this this evening, I knew you guys were busy. I know we've been plugging it and trying mm-hmm. to get it out there. Yeah. You built a pretty successful uh, thing going on right here. Right um, you know, we're, we're still in the growing phase. Uh-huh. Where we definitely. Well, wait, by the way, yeah. I, I had to park clear the hell away out there, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, he's in the growing phase. Well, you know, and it, it was a good night. It was a football night. We had flag football going. But, no, the vision was to give young athletes – a similar opportunity that professional athletes get to train with professional trainers. Um, oh, here's, here's the, the pick. You're just really quick. Let me hit that oh, no, you're button fine. right there. There's the – and they go ahead. They go Ed Oliver, and we talked about that, guys. We'll come back to, to the guys that are at, at the other folks. Side. Oliver, we thought he'd go up a couple of spots. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later in uh, just a moment. But I'm here with Melvin Bullitt. Um, you know, the, the, was this the – what did it take to get the vision of what this place is? I mean, have, did you check out other other facilities to come up with this, or was this just something you, you, that you just did with the blueprints? I think it just kind of evolved over time. I think it started as something and grew into something even bigger. Right. But, um, but you know, it's starting to catch on. And like I said, I wanted to give young athletes a similar opportunity or at least a feel of what it's like to be a college athlete or a professional athlete. So you not only play your sport, but you train and you're under professional coaches. Absolutely. And you have to learn professional schemes. And it's just a, a big opportunity for them, something I, you know, that I would have loved to have growing up and hopefully we get to have for many years to come with the kids in this area. And, and you got basketball? You got volleyball, you got soccer. Talk a little bit about your coaches. You know, you you said the professional coaches. Um, and talk a little bit about that. Who you got in basketball? Who, who you got in soccer? Because I know so, that guy's. Are you. Um, in in well, first off, our strongest sport is volleyball. Okay. Our our director and that is Sonora Duty. Um, uh, Division two athlete, all American, played volleyball. Amazing player. She's our director. And I mean, we got a plethora of coaches. Terrence Bullock played Division one at Texas Tech. Yep. Fidel Foster, our wide receiver coach, you play Division One. Myself, who played professionally, um, and then we got more. Uh, Crystal Young, she played at Colorado State. Setter, Jalea Bolden, and these are all the cool thing about it is a lot of our coaches are from this area. Yes, like Jalea Bolden went to Saxe High School. Yes. I went to Name and Forest High School. Name and Forest. So you know we're keeping. It's kind of like keeping your hometown people, getting those people growing. Um, I think it was – it's a good area. You know, it's, it's, it's growing, as we can tell. Yep. It's, it's right next to another growing city, Rockwall. Yep. It's, it's very centralized. It's close to Garland, Mesquite, Plano. I mean, I don't think there could be a better place. And then it's right next to Waterview. It's a very beautiful community. So, um, you know, everything's going really well right now. And we just want to keep it going and grow as much as possible. Talk a little bit about, you know, that play. 
I mean, you, you even said you hurt yourself on that play where you yeah. actually stopped Tom Brady. It was fourth down. It was fourth down two. Mm-hmm. You stopped him, and it was the bobble of the ball and the tackle at the time. I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, I made the video, too, so there you go. Yeah. made up there. But talk a little bit about that play because it ended up with a touchdown from my co-host favorite quarterback, Peyton Manning, over to Marvin Harrison. You know, it was a, a situation where we knew they were going for it, obviously. They weren't going to call timeout. Um, we went a zero coverage, and we knew that whenever the running back at the time, um, uh, Kevin Falk, whenever he went in motion, there was one of two routes he was going to run, either a, a five-in, or five out. Those are only two. So based off his alignment, I knew off, you know, previous film study, he was going to go five and out. Just read my keys, make a play on the ball. And that's what young players just really have to know. There's really no superhero plays or, or magical plays. Right. It's what you're supposed to do, and those plays will come from that. Yep. So. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. And it, it, it looks bigger than what it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just at the right moment. Definitely. Uh, key player uh, for uh, Rowlett Eagles Varsity Football. We, we put out the ads and we're going to actually got, I'm making a video for the Oh, cool. Awesome. Out there so we're get, you're getting you back in. Yeah, we got some Rowlett Eagles here. We got yeah. Just, we interviewed one of them. Colton Yarbrough. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. going to be he's gonna be running um, at the regional track meet. Oh, um, wow. He's been working really hard this off season. He'll be a kid. I can tell you now. He'll sign Division One. He's a hard worker. He learns well. Um, we got a lot of guys here, man, that really, really put in a lot of effort, and that they they have dreams to go to the next level. Interestingly enough, you know the uh, facility's been open now. This is its third year, right? Uh, we're we're two years in about five months. Yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. It's really young. And, and talk a little bit about the, the facility that was downtown Garland because that's where. Yeah. I, that's where I met Jerry because he was going over to the U-Haul. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's how I, yeah. I, I met, and just outside of what we were doing. Um, but that having been said, I was trying to get you as a coach for the Texas Revolution. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, to, to get to the spot, to this beautiful facility. I mean, it's, it's everything. You know, it took um, everything I had as far as, you know, the hard work in the game, um, a vision, I mean, and it's not it's not me. It's athletes that want to get back the same way. Um, uh, from my offensive line coach AJ Rowland to our my dad to our front staff people Sally Quinones who does a really good job. And it's just it takes everybody. Yeah. You know, it's not just one person. And that's the only way that things like this are successful. There's so many people that work behind the scenes. There's only a few people you see. Yep. And that's that's pretty much with the team as well. So you know, you see the guys, the big names getting drafted. But then you got guys like myself and the other undrafted guys or low-round guys. You were undrafted, correct? Yes, sir. So I didn't get to experience the cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your name walking across to the podium. Yep. Understand that he is Melvin Bullet, the proprietor of the Jerry Bullet Training Facility. You call it the Bullet Experience. Check out thebulletexperience.com. You can see everything. You got that virtual tour up on that one now. On the website. Still on the website, right? Yeah, if you go to bulletexperience.com. Awesome. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check it out. Um you know, NFL facilities here, and, you know, good stuff going on, and also good shot for the community and the young folks. Sonny, I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah, no it's problem. Awesome. Melvin Bullet, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank also you, guys. The place to set it up. To, as we're doing the draft, let me shoot it back over to Cuervo as the pick is in for the Steelers. Go back to the pick there. That was just last up. But thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills there, Cuervo. Yeah, so the Buffalo Bills take Ed Oliver, uh, dynamic pass rusher, Sonny. There's a lot of them, but 
but he, he yeah. he's one of them. So uh, congratulations to them. And, and I think I, I – am I seeing this right? Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's on the clock. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I kind yeah. Of, Pittsburgh grabs the pickup from uh, – who was it, Cuervo? Denver. From Denver. Denver. So Denver we trades were down. a little bit about that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so the very rare thing that the Steelers do here, uh, they're not yeah. they're known to to always trade down and get more get more picks in, in the second, third, fourth rounds. But uh, you know, with a trade with a trade like, I, I yeah, that's what I think they're going to take as well. I think they're going to take Bush. Um, he's still the he's the best linebacker available. So Sonny, a Michigan guy, is about to become a Pittsburgh Steeler. How do you feel about How that? How about that? And I'm feeling really good about it. They're bringing someone else that will do the announcement. Jonathan, we'll get to you about the Oliver pick and then, of course, the Steeler pick that's going to be coming up. Um, Melvin Bullitt joined us here just for a few moments. Uh, I'd have him on board. Uh, you know, obviously a main sponsor of the Raleigh Eagles Varsity Football Broadcast that we do on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Beautiful facility. And uh, we thank him for joining us for a couple of minutes. I'm trying to try to get him in a lot more. Uh, just a busy guy that's out there. So they're up there. Who is that? Is that Mean Joe Green? That's Mean Joe Green that's going to announce the pick for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's always good to see him. He's also close to the Arizona Cardinals for a while. Um, So here comes the pick for the Steelers, and they grab up Delvin Bush. And this is actually a really good pick for the Steelers. And they were, they were, hey, Jonathan, they were fearful that Bush would not lapse all the way down to 20. So they went ahead and they make the big jump. Do you know the details on the jump or, and how do you feel about the pick? Uh, yeah, the Steelers traded their first rounder uh, and second rounder this year, as well as their third rounder next year uh, to select Devin Bush. Devin Bush is uh, a Florida guy. Uh, being from uh, the Pensacola area, obviously went to the University of Michigan. Uh, his daddy played at Florida State. Uh, so, you know, I always kind of have a soft spot um, for for a player and his, and his kids and whatnot. So congratulations, Devin Bush. Great pick, great linebacker, really developed well under Don Brown up at Michigan. Uh, I, you know, I think this is the kind of guy you need to, you know, replace Ryan Shazier. Uh this is the perfect perfect guy to do it. He's he's gonna be a hard nosed you know, hard nosed good ball player uh from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a perfect linebacker for their system. So Cuervo, looking at that, you know, we have um we have Oliver for the Bills and then now we got this um uh, with the Steelers. What jump back a little bit with Oliver and how you feel about Bush. Thank you. Yeah, well and I know exactly why Pittsburgh did this because if if uh, Denver wasn't going to take him, Denver is set at linebacker, obviously with Von Miller, but they did this because to, to take him away from the Cincinnati Bengals, because I fully believe that the Bengals would have drafted Devin Bush. So uh, th- this move was just solely to avoid the uh, Bengals who was in, who was in their division. Uh, they don't want to see uh, Bush twice. They want him to be on their team. So, um, Do you think the Bengals would go after Bush more so than the quarterback? Because I, let's be honest, you're looking would've. at Andy Dalton. You know, it, it, I mean, I, I thought Cincinnati would go quarterback big time. And, and you know what? And they still might because guess what? Uh, Cincinnati's in the state of Ohio. Ohio State, yep. I'm going with this. 
There's a chance. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen, but look, if they're not happy with Andy Dalton, which I don't see why he would be, but if I mean if they're truly just like we enough is enough, Andy Dalton, then I mean it's not like he has to move very far, so it, it makes all the sense in the world. And you're getting him at number eleven, which is it, bad. It, not too bad as far as salary is concerned and stuff like that. But um, like I said, though, I, I think the Bengals have bigger needs. Um, I think they need some offensive line help. Um, Absolutely. So I actually think – I don't know how you feel about this, Jonathan, being down there, the Florida guy. Uh, what do you think about the Bengals possibly taking Juwan Taylor out of the uh, – from the University of Florida? I think that would make sense. Uh, He's terrible. They can have him. <laughs> he's terrible. The, the fact that he's, he's on the Florida Gators uniform makes him terrible. So he's terrible. Uh, he didn't even play left tackle. He played right tackle at US. You're gonna draft him to be your left tackle? No. Terrible. Crazy knucklehead. Terrible. I agree, Chuck. He's a Florida exactly, Gator. He's Chuck. terrible. Like no, I mean, look, Juwan Taylor. You know, as good of an athlete as 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 he can be, and what not, whatever. The, the fact of the matter is he was a right tackle at the University of Florida, and the guy who started over him is in this draft and is an expected day three pick. That tells me all I need to know about him, the fact that he couldn't even start at left tackle over Marquez Ivy. Look, I mean, if the Bengals go Taylor here, I would be stunned. They need If they're going to go tackle, you take Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams is the best offensive tackle in this draft. A three-year starter at left tackle at the University of Alabama who grades out as one of the best pass protectors in this draft. That's the pick. Would I love it if the Bengals took Taylor? Sure, because I think it would be hilarious, and I have no affection towards them. But that would be a horrible pick because he's not the best tackle. Well, let me just throw this Absolutely. in here. Steel City made made me made me let everybody know if you were listening on Sunday, Steel City nailed this pick. So he said that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to end up doing. And here comes the pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so the big question here is is who is online for them and what's going to end up happening. So uh, Roger Goodell is at the podium. John and what is Williams, the offensive tackle, which is what we were talking about. So Andy Dalton can breathe a sigh of relief in reality. Um, but they, uh, not only that, they give him a little protection, what he needed to quote what we were talking about. So Jonah Williams out of Alabama. And I, I and I'm going to tell you, this was the right pick. That if, and that is the huge thing, if you stay with Andy Dalton, and that's what this pick actually in, really in reality uh, indicates there, Jonathan. Well, now – Remember, the Bengals are interested in acquiring the services of one Josh Rosen, uh, which they would probably, you know, send their second-round pick for. So that's still on the table. But at the end of the day, this is the right pick. You, I mean, look at that. He didn't allow a single, sack, a single sack last year. He allowed zero sacks last year. That's the kind of left tackle you want. I mean, the yep. awesome pick. 
Look, if you need to, if you need protection, you start. You need everybody needs a stud left tackle, and I believe Jonah Williams is going to be a star for a long time in this league. You know, I, I mean, at the level of a guy like a Joe Thomas or an Orla- uh, not Orlando Pace. He isn't a tackle, was he? Yeah, Orlando Pace, Joe Thomas, that yep. kind of a tackle. Mm-hmm. This is the guy to me. I think Absolutely. Jonah is a great pick, and I bet you the Packers are missed that he didn't fall to them. Uh, but, I mean, I, I just, you know, it's amazing how some of these teams have made really good and really smart decisions because guys have fallen to them that they probably didn't expect yes. and probably shouldn't have fallen that far. And, and now, you know, we're actually seeing teams who are like, well, this guy fell on my lap. I can't pass on him because the Raiders were stupid or the Giants were stupid yeah. or the Lions were stupid. But everybody else is doing it right. I mean, that's three the amazing part. Three in a row just threw a monkey wrench in this first round, guys. Yep. So, interestingly enough, uh, it is Green Bay on the clock, and I think I agree with you. I think um, Williams was definitely on the short list for the Green Bay Packers. They gotta protect their their million dollar man, you know, their hundred million dollar man. If they don't protect him, they're just stupid. And if they don't go offensive lineman, even now they're stupid. Which in turn. You know, now we're looking at this spot. Number 11 is where they started with the offensive linemen. Normally you would kind of see those guys if they were, uh, you know, as good as these guys normally up there at the top. But we talked about where the the draft has actually fallen with the Cardinals obviously wanting to go their quarterback position, both on the defense, 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 defense. I mean, and then quarterback again. This was definitely defensive heavy. uh, And then when they go offensive line, they just improved their their chances of, uh, of protecting their quarterback in reality, whoever it may be. Because as Jonathan did correctly state, and I did not put this down in my notes, they are actually in talks with the Arizona Cardinals to try to bring Josh Rosen over to the Cincinnati Bengals as well. And Cuervo, is that good move, bad move? Because once you end up doing that, what you're telling Andy Dalton is, is that this is going to, this, I don't know, is that telling them, Andy Dalton, you're out of here, or this is your last season, Andy, if you don't get the job done? Which one is it? Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a warning for Andy Dalton. Better step your game up, or else uh, you know Rosen's going to take over. Uh, but you know, I mean, these are these are guys that both they feel equally like they should be starting for an NFL team. So that's a real awkward situation to be in if, yeah, if the Cincinnati Bengals were to trade for for Josh Rosen. I don't I don't think. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, don't you feel like you're almost getting the same guy? When you have an Andy Dalton or, or you have a Josh Rosen, just a lot younger, Cuervo. You're talking about five or six years now. I mean, that's great, but I mean, I, I don't know. It, to me, it wouldn't make sense. But uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, as far as Green Bay on the clock right now, uh, they they've got some needs at receiver and, and maybe even tight end. But you know, I really, I really, really think that they should go kicker here. Uh, they they could really use a guy, just in case Mason Crosby hurts himself again. I think that would be a solid. This is a solid opportunity for the Packers. Oh, Get themselves a guy that can just boot it through the, you know, out of the stadium. So, what about punter? <laughs> I'm all for the Packers going kicker right here. Punter, what about yeah. punter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, punter's another great option. 
I feel like the bigger need for them right now was punter, maybe kick return guy. Not a punt return, but a kick return, I think, would be a huge, you know, big way to fill a hole here. Punter, um, you know, I, I, you know, look at the Packers. I mean, I, I just feel like special teams is what really let them down. Nothing else. Everything else was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're good everywhere. They don't need offensive line help, son. You're crazy. Come on. Yeah, what here we go. Talk? Yeah. Yeah, what, silly talk. That, uh, that's what happens when you get fans of the NFC North uh, together. Um, yeah, but it, it is what it is, what it is <laughs> especially if it's not the Green Bay Packers. Um, but, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Green Bay Packers all set and ready to go. While we have the moment uh, as far as the uh, break and waiting for the pick, I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hop here really quick. And, well, maybe I'm not. Hold on one second. There it is. I'm going to hit this. We're going to take a one-minute break. We'll be right back. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we... Okay, we're going to hold off on that for just a moment as the pick is in for the uh, Packer. I, yeah, I didn't realize they were coming up on that quick. I thought they were going to go to break, so I figured I'd go to break. So the uh, pick is in, and it is... Rashawn Gary, defensive end out of Michigan. Now, I'm not against this pick, um, but I'm asking myself why. I mean, Jonathan, I'm. Hey, listen, Rashawn Gary, I, I obviously know the guy. I also know he's super bad, but I, you know, and I, I know that everybody could use a defensive end. You got to get a guy with a motor, and the guy's got the motor. But I mean, there's other needs I think for Green Bay going into this draft besides defensive end. Um. Yeah, uh, I yeah I want nothing to do with Gary. So. Uh, yeah, y'all can. I mean, Green Bay can have that. Look, the guy has a. He's going to need surgery for his torn labrum, I don't know, like tomorrow. That's what I thought, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he, he never showcased his full potential at Michigan. Uh, every time he got hurt, he just sat out instead of actually having the surgery to get it fixed, which is completely stupid. Uh, but, I mean, he nev- yeah, I, you know, never had a so full motor. Dumb with that cheese on their head. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Go ahead. I was thinking out loud. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, I, this is this is just a guy that I I thought would you know all the potential in the world, but he never really showcased it. And maybe he will in the NFL. Uh, I I I don't believe it. I this this just it's a bad pick to me. I, I'm not I'm not on board with this. And uh, not only that, what, Jonathan, I think you could have got this guy in the second round. I really do. I mean, listen, I know the guy's got the motor, and, and I know the guy's got the talent, but you go back to the injuries and what you're talking about, I think this guy could have got gotten in the second round in reality. Now, would it have dropped to where the Packers were in the second round? I'm not even sure where they're going to look at it. Uh, the Packers have a total of 10 picks in the draft this year. Um, I'm not sure how many on the number two area, but um, at the same time, you know, I, I just think it was a little bit too early for him um, as far as Green Bay is concerned. Uh, let's see here. The Green Bay is in the second round. I, I, don't see, I don't see a second round pick, so maybe they had to. Uh, no, they were at number 44, so uh, the 44th pick. So uh, they were relative. I think they could have got him at number 44. I, 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 mean, I have a hard time believing he would have fallen out of the first round just because people – are, are are in love with his potential and his athleticism, but I mean, there's just I don't like to take guys 
that are potential overproduction. I want to see guys who will yeah. be able to produce, who produce in college. Because if you don't produce in college, but you have all the numbers, okay, well, we call those workout warriors, and you become Mike Mamalu or whatever the Eagles drafted, or you become Mandarich, or, or, or a number of guys who are workout warriors based off of very little game film. And that's the situation you're looking at right here. Absolutely, and that, and those are the kind of situations that get you in trouble later on down the road because you didn't draft need. Uh, and and you know I I'm right there with you. I want I want to see the production if I'm going to grab up some, at least in the first round. Now, if you want to take a you know you want to take the you know sling on it a little bit later. Hey, great, I get that. That makes to me that actually makes sense. Uh, but at the same time, you're you're taking a huge risk in reality with a guy based up on potential. And at the number 12 pick of the draft, I don't, again, I'll go back to it. I don't think he's the 12th best player in this draft square, though. Um, even if you're drafting, drafting for needs, I think there are other players out there that could have probably been better. You're talking about for Green Bay? Yes, Green Bay, especially Look, them. I mean, I mean, not only that, hey, Cuervo, I, fully, I just, uh, you know, the 12th pick, come on, I, I think that's a little high for him. Hey, I fully support the Green Bay Packers' decision to take Rashawn Gary right there with that pick. <laughs> Full support. Good job, guys. Good job. Good job. Let's Good go set. kicker next round. How about that? Let's get that kicker you, you need. Or Dolphin's that punter. pick is in. Not sure what. Hey, hey, so. hey, I'm telling you, guys, don't be shocked if Dwayne Haskins gets picked right here, right now. I, I'm wondering and, because and, you talk about football and, team needs a quarterback. <laughs> look, yes, absolutely. Because if it's magic, not the answer, guys. Sorry. No, that's a one-year uh, deal now, anyway. Shocking, uh, or actually, it's two, but shocking, you're not expecting to stay. And what shocks me is that it doesn't sound like Washington even pursued Miami to try and move up to 13. So, um, I think the Washington Redskins are going to kick themselves, in, you know, in the gut, punch themselves if Miami winds up taking Haskins right here, thinking that, yeah. well, damn, could have traded up two spots to get him, and we didn't even we weren't aggressive enough to do it. So, I think I think the Redskins are banking on him still being there at 15 because number 14 is the Atlanta Falcons, and well, they're not taking a quarterback, so no. I really, I really think that uh, Washington is calling the Dolphins bluff, but I think they're going to get burnt right here. Yeah, it, that's my that's uh, my prediction. Well, down there uh, uh, in in Florida, what are you hearing down there, Jonathan? Uh, you know, they really want a quarterback. Uh, obviously, Haskins is on the board here. Um, you know, again, this is another team that was poking around the Josh Rosen thing. But if you can draft uh, Haskins here, that would make sense. But, you know, I did hear that they were in love with Christian Wilkins out of Clemson, uh, the defensive lineman, uh, you know, kind of a guy that would replace an Obama Kinsu, and here comes the pick. Here comes the pick from the uh, podium. The Miami Dolphins and their pick takes Wilkins out of defensive tackle out of Clemson. Um, I, I'm, I'm, Wow. And the Redskins played that right, especially if they're trying to get Haskins there, Cuervo. Yeah, no, look, it, it, great value. Uh, and Wilkins is a top 
he was a top five talent coming out. Uh, you know, most people had him, you know, top five, seven, something like that. So for Miami to get him at 13 um, is great. Is great value for the Dolphins. Um, they're they're beyond themselves that that they that he fell to them, and um, so I, I definitely I think it was a good pick. I was just trying to. I was. It was an outside the box type of uh, thinking that I had. You know, I mean, the Miami Dolphins do need a quarterback. Maybe they've got interest in other guys. But look, I mean, like I said, Christian Wilkins. You're talking top ten talent that you just got at number thirteen. So great value, great pick for the Dolphins. Yeah, I think it was definitely great value without question. That you, know, he was. Like you said, uh, but at the same time, when you were talking Atlanta and all the talk going into this one, the Atlanta Falcons had a lot of places that they could actually ended up going um, in reality. Frankly, I thought Atlanta would head over to uh, grab up Ed Oliver um, as far as that is concerned. Uh, That is, you know, obviously going to be a a situation for him um, with the combination of the trades and what was going uh, would would someone take a move uh, move up and that didn't happen? Of course, that was something that was reported by Ian Rappaport a little bit earlier. Um, and the Redskins, obviously, in the reality, looking to uh, move into the top five pick, that didn't happen as well. So, um, you know, the Redskins, you know, might still end up getting their guy because obviously I don't think when you look at Atlanta, obviously quarterback is that the uh, big time need there uh, going into the season there, Jonathan. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, Atlanta has met Ryan, so they're set uh, at quarterback for a while. Um, I, I, you know, Atlanta's going to address their defense here. I know they were another team that, that loved Christian Wilkins. Uh, I could see the, uh, I, I mean, I could see the Falcons going uh, any any manner or direction here, whether it's a guy like um, Brian Burns or, uh, you know, maybe even, well, I would have said Clellan Farrell here, but he's already gone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Brian Burns is a logical pick here. Uh, I mean, they go, but, you know, uh, obviously a lot of good defensive tackles are already gone. Dexter Lawrence maybe, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Atlanta last year was they were decimated by injury uh, on, on defense. So I mean, it'll be interesting when they're healthy this year. It's it's going to believe. Uh, I mean, even Montez Sweat is somebody who uh, could go here. It's just the Falcons go manner of ways because last year was just so fluky, you know. So yeah, interestingly enough, now they're going to an interview over there as far as that. But according to what they said, that pick is in uh, for it. So based upon the interview and what they're doing now, uh, we're going to do a quick break here. If I can find it, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? We're going to hear from Jerry Bullet. Well, I just lost it, so I might not. Depending, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where is it? It is right there. We'll take the quick back. We'll be right back. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. 
And we are at that facility right now as we are at the Jerry Bullock Training Facility in Rowlett. We thank them for hosting us here for the draft as we are on remote. And the pick is in for the Atlanta Falcons uh, right now. Uh, thanks, Melvin Bullock, for joining us for a couple of minutes. Of course, Jerry Bullock. I was trying to get Terrence in. Terrence is in between us. Uh, uh, working with some of his people that are out here. The Bullet family, obviously, uh, really good within this area. So uh, the uh, Falcons pick is in. We're going to wait for that one to go. Um, and some other things. I think it's um, secondary, the, guys. I think it's a secondary, secondary player. Quarter, I was going to shoot it. What yeah. about you, Jonathan? Where are they going? I could, I, you know, I, I mean, I think either you go defense or um, – you think about maybe taking one of the offensive tackles on the board. Here we go. I, I think offensive tackle is what they ought to do, and they actually go guard. It's Lindstrom out of Boston College. Um, it, you know, I didn't necessarily have him as high. It, it's Lindstrom. He is a guard now. The only reason why is because one thing I talk about as far as the Dallas Cowboys offensive linemen, so I've been kind of keeping my eye out here. Um, this guy, yeah, so, um, and, you know, uh, Chris Lindstrom, his dad played in the NFL as a defensive tackle back in 75, uh, 78 to 85. Um, so, uh, and he's also a, college, uh, a Boston College guy as well. I, I didn't have him that necessarily that high. So when Atlanta takes a pick, I like the position pick. Um, you know, it's offensive linemen and uh, things like that. Um, but I didn't necessarily think that that was the one that they should have shot for, uh, Jonathan, at that spot. But a good need pick for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have gone Lindstrom in the second round, um, to be perfectly honest. But like you said, the Cowboys, how they – they built guard out on the offensive line, and it obviously has worked out very well. Their interior is very solid, and, and that was a need yep. for the Falcons. If you think that's the – you know, and, he, and here, here's, my, here's another one of my things with the NFL draft. If that is your best player, if you truly think that's the best player right now and he fills a need for you and everything, then take him. Um, you know, yep. I, I, I mean, cause I, and I'm never going – there are some offensive linemen I will disparage. <clears throat> Uh, anybody from the University of Florida, because um, you never gave it. They never, they never, never work out. Uh, and, yeah. and I dare somebody to find me a Florida Gator that has had a good career, not a good season, a good career in the last decade. Anyways, but you know, taking an offensive lineman to me, especially a good one like Lindstrom is, I think it's always a smart decision. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I never have an issue with addressing needs of the offensive line because, in all reality, your offensive line is the most important unit, not position, but unit on a team. And a good offensive Absolutely. line can take you very far. And if you need to keep Matt Ryan upright and open up holes for Devonta Freeman, I mean, perfect pick. I mean, you know, hat tip Atlanta. And it's a less term from where we were all thinking, but I mean, I, I, I strong chance to work out here. Well. What comes to mind in reality, me, Cuervo, is uh, when you go back to the Dallas Cowboys making the stretch on Travis Frederick. That turned out to be a great pick, and that's obviously what Atlanta's looking for is maybe finding that diamond in the rough. Yeah, and, and you know, look, we're, we're sitting here and we're, we're saying that, you know, this is a good pick, that pick, and whatnot, and 
Look, two, three years from now, we'll look back and say, wow, were we wrong? Just like, like we mentioned earlier about Baker Mayfield. Like, we all thought it was the yep. wrong pick. We all thought it was stupid. And he had a great well, season. Let's see how he follows it up. But, uh, you know, it's looking like the, the Browns, you know, maybe not hit the jackpot. But um, he's definitely changed the the culture, the – you know, the, the attitude of, of the Cleveland Browns franchise. So, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, 15, Washington, uh, I don't think things have, could have gotten any better for the Redskins. No, they got the, the choice of all the quarterbacks. I mean, because Jones, Jones was not on their radar in reality. Yeah. So, lucky for them, they didn't, they didn't even have to trade up to get Haskins if they want right here. Right. And, and and they probably seceded the fact that uh, uh, Murray was going to go to the Arizona Cardinals. So um, the next best thing, I mean, he did. It slid right. on down. And I was talking about this um, just last Sunday or even the Sunday before. I'm not sure which. Uh, it, this was a year that everybody was talking about how high the quarterbacks were going to go, and I was seeing them slide on down. And it reminded me of the Arizona Cardinals when they grafted um, at number 20. Oh, crap, his name just slipped my mind. I had it right there. Um, it, back in 2008, um, the guy slid down to number 20 out of USC. And of course, USC quarterbacks hardly ever work out. Um, but uh, his name slipped on my mind. But that's what we're seeing. We're seeing quarterbacks, good quality quarterbacks, sliding down. Now, mm-hmm. when I go back to that Arizona Cardinal pick, I didn't like that pick anyway. I didn't like my quarterback position. Again, someone remind me who I'm talking about. What year was it? That's what it was. Matt Leinard. Oh, it was, it Matt. Was, oh when, he, yeah. when he fell to like 7 or 10? No, yeah. he fell to – didn't Leinard fell to 20? No, Matt he Leinard, fell to – Matt Leinard, if I'm not mistaken, fell to 20. No, Leinard fell to like 7 or 10. Rogers fell to 24. Brady Quinn fell to 22. I think – the Jimmy Clausen, I think, was 08 draft, and he fell all the way to the second round. Sure did, man, man. I, I'm, I, I'm got it right here, I, because I could have swore he fell down to twenty, and that was the reason why they grabbed him because they were like, "Crap, what's he doing at 20? And again, I'm probably thinking of something else, um, as far as that's concerned. Um, he was drafted. USC number ten, so it was ten, so he fell to ten. That's when the Cardinals fell. They needed to grab him. That was back in 2006. Thanks for the correction, guys. But Dwayne Haskin, Monte Sweat, uh, and uh, our Haskins still on the board. I was trying to read that really quick, but the pick is in for the Redskins. So, I mean, is there any doubt that they're going quarterback here? I mean, God, they have to, right? I mean, you would think they have to, right? Yeah, they definitely will. Definitely. They I'm, so, not, I'm not guaranteeing anything. Well, you got to understand the Redskins have a. You, you talk about a team that has a way of messing things up. They know how to do it. Yeah, and and I see where Jonathan's going with that because they definitely need a wide receiver as well, and no wide receiver can run off the court. So we'll see what happens. Here comes the pick of the Redskins, and they go ahead and they grab up Haskins, and that to me. That's the right pick for this football team. Um, I forgot who they grabbed up for this year at the quarterback position. It was a it was a guy. I'm not going to say he was a great. Keenum. Who is it? Keenum. Keenum. 
Yeah, Kate, yeah, your boy. So you get him for one year um, in reality because that's all he is worth anything anyway. Uh, so, uh, no, no, Kirk Cousins is your buddy. I'm sorry, I forgot. I, I didn't mean to diss you right there. Um, but uh, Case Keenum was another guy you actually kind of like. But in reality, um, when you grab up uh, Dwayne Haskins, that's what, what you are definitely saying is, is that, Case, you better come up with something big or you're not going to be here in 2011. Or two, uh, 2021. Yeah, 2000. pretty much. Yeah, two, yeah, 2020. I'm a year. I'm, I'm a year off there, guys. So Dwayne Haskins, big pickup for uh, for the Redskins. Now that puts the Panthers on the board. Jonathan, what do you think about Haskins down to uh, Washington? Good pick, bad pick, or and what do you think about the Panthers coming up? I mean, I don't, I don't love Haskins as a quarterback. Uh, obviously, he's got some arm talent, but he's very uh, skittish when it comes to pressure. Uh, I mean, but Haskins really wanted to be a, a giant, and they passed on him, and now Washington takes him. Um, so I'm interested to see, uh, you know, when the Giants play the Redskins that first game this year. As well, actually, I really want to see uh, Haskins start against the. Um, Against the Giants in New York, just I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, for Carolina, it, it, look, Carolina needs to take an offensive tackle. They need to take Dillard from Washington State. Protect Cam Newton. Give McCaffrey a run blocker. Carolina has not had a cornerstone tackle since uh, uh, Jordan Gross, and I think it's time oh. to go ahead and get one now. Yeah. Yeah, Cuervo, looking at that, and you're right. Um, but at the same time, Cuervo, we were talking about this a couple of weeks on the show. Um, they need a wide receiver. He has no one to throw the football to. But at the same time, when you're talking to your number one pick, I think I think Carolina has to go offensive line here. But I'm wondering if they'll get greedy and grab up a wide receiver, no, thinking about the situation. Because all you got to do is look at Julio Jones and, and that how that's worked out. Um, for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, granted, they traded the farm to get him, but at the same time, grabbing up a wide receiver in the first round, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I, I always think you should go offensive line, Cuervo, but would it shock you if the Panthers went wide receiver? Um, a little bit, just because last year they went wide receiver getting DJ Moore. So I, I don't know if they would, they would do it again this year. Um, so, yeah, it would surprise me a little bit. Uh, normally, I would say no, but um, they've got bigger needs, though. Like you said, I mean, offensive line, yes, they do need. They do have a need there, um, and you know, Cam Cam does get frustrated when uh, he's not being protected. Uh, so, yeah, just like any other quarterback. But I'm saying, like, you know, Cam is on a different level of emotional when when things aren't going his way. So, um, you know, look. I mean, thanks to uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, since they decided to go offensive line, you know, a guy like Andre Dillard from Washington State is, is just sitting there waiting to get you know, drafted. So I think that would be a solid pick for them. But I definitely think, you know, something on the defensive side would help a lot too. Julius Peppers just retired. Um, you know, they need some secondary help as well. So um, I'm not, I, I, I want to make a course correction. If you don't mind, go ahead. Sure. They drafted they drafted Taylor Moton in the second round last year as their left tackle. 
Um, and he was actually pretty good last year. I, I completely forgot about the kid. Um, and that's that's just the nature of being an offensive lineman. So, actually, I don't think they need to go Dillard here with the way Moton played. Um, you know, I, if you want to go to right tackle and, and address that, yeah. I mean, if you want to slide Moton over, I guess. Um, but, I mean, Moton played pretty good as a left tackle. Um, you know, so, I, I mean, I understand the idea of drafting a receiver here, even though you do have Chris Hogan and Curtis Samuels and Torrey Smith and E.J. Moore. Um you know, so I, I'm I, when you said you know pass rush because Peppers retired. Brian Burns might have just found a home, and that that's yeah, what triggered I, the bells. It was the minute you said that, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, so uh, at the podium is Roger Goodell as the for the uh, for the Panthers. They go. Outside linebacker Brian Burns out of your favorite place there, uh, Jonathan, Florida State. Yeah, I, I love Brian. Great great football player. Uh, excellent pass rusher. He's a little bit, uh, quote-unquote, undersized. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, he did put on some weight. He was like 230 going into uh, last season. He's up to about 250 now. Uh, great explosive uh, this off the edge has great bend, can get around tackles. Uh, you know, I think Burns is going to be a uh, an, an excellent addition to this Carolina pass rush. Uh, he may start out only in pass rushing situations, and then as as he builds up a little bit, work into being a, a true three down end. But I really think this is a good pick for Carolina. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be Julius Peppers, uh, but I, you know, I think Brian Burns is going to be better than the last defensive end the Panthers took uh, with the high pick out of Florida State University. So, I mean, good good pick, Carolina. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Him and Luke Keekley are going to be nasty together. Yep. That's that's where I was going. Him and Keekley would be, you know, that's going to be a one-two punch that's going to be right there. Uh, We have about 26 more minutes before we are uh, out of here um, we still on t- okay on time there, Terrence? Okay. Yeah, cool. All right, just uh, uh, we got 26 more minutes. Maybe we'll get a couple more picks within that time. Right now, uh, the New York Giants are back up on the uh, board as they got this pick from the Cleveland Browns uh, for Odell Beckham Jr. So. Uh, <laughs> um, if they go wide receiver, I think my head's going to explode, guys, because this would be the – listen, and I am no Odell Beckham Jr. fan, but if they go wide receiver here, my head's going to explode because it would be the dumbest move probably in franchise history for the uh, for the Giants. I, it, it would be a dumb move so to go wide receiver So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Sonny, I mean – you know, the, the, the Giants have already shown tonight that their GM, Dave Gettleman, is a little incompetent. So, oh, man. I'm just going to – It's going to be a wide you, receiver. You just, throw, <laughs> you just throw it up and you see if it sticks, right? Um, you know, I mean, the Giants, the Giants definitely need – I think at this point they need to go somewhere on the defensive side. But you know what? Screw it. They're going to take DK yeah. cap right here. <laughs> Jonathan, who do you think the Giants will mess up with this pick? I mean, who do you think they're going to pick? 
I mean, if they want to go full stupid, take Metcalf. I mean, that'd be full stupid. Um, you know, if you want to go full, if you want to go almost full stupid, you take uh, Taylor from Florida. Um, if you want to go semi stupid, you probably take Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State. I think those are your th- or 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 I mean, we can get like let's say three quarters stupid and take Rocky Sin at a temple. I mean, let's let's yeah, have some fun here. I mean, right? Yeah, obviously the Giants are going to yeah. go dumb. So yep. yeah, let's let's let let's go with Metcalf here because you know. Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard and Corey Coleman, you definitely need another receiver there that's not going to be that good, who is like who is going to be at the same level of Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah, Jer- <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about the area that they would end up going there. Uh, um, so uh, the pick is in, by the way. Uh, the green light just came on uh, during the commercial. Uh, so uh, the Giants. Is, so after this one, it is the Titans. They will be up on the board. Uh, then the Steel. Uh, mark that. It's not the Steelers because they jumped up to make their move uh, to uh, get that. So their first. Uh, that would be the Broncos that will uh, move into the uh, to the spot of number twenty. So um, Titans at nineteen, and the um, yep. And uh, who was oh uh, the the one that just moved? Oh, I just mentioned is, uh, it was Pittsburgh, but now it's Denver. Denver, that's who. Thank you, Corvo. I'm I'm moving on the slow here for the Denver Broncos. So, um, I don't know. If it, you know, Dem, Denver. I mean, Denver gets their quarterback. I, if that's what you want to call it, I you know, I'm not a great big fan of who they grabbed up. It's definitely better than what they had. Um, but a move for the the way the quarterbacks are falling and falling down, whether you know. You know the quarterback position is going to be important enough after Dwayne Haskins. Uh, there is Drew Locke that's still out there. I think that he might uh, slip into the second round, but it wouldn't shock me in reality if Denver went Locke and had him as a backup. That'd be you know kind of an idea for a franchise quarterback back there uh, for for Denver. So uh, where Locke is still sitting now, um, I kind of had him. A little bit pinned in there because, yeah. but then again, Missouri quarterbacks are not all that great. I mean, all, all you got to do is take a look at Jacksonville. Um, uh, uh, their quarterback, um, crap, uh, they grabbed up out of Missouri. His name slipped in my mind. Um, I don't know Gabbard. why it should. Yeah, thank you, Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, grab grab up that boy. Um, so, <laughs> so you know they haven't had much luck out of Missouri with the, with those quarterback picks there, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, no, uh, I, and I don't think Drew Locke's that good. Actually, I didn't think most of his quarterback class was good. Outside of Kyler Murray, I probably would have passed on anybody until the fourth round, in which I would have, you know, considered more like a Brett Rippon um, or a Will Greer than um, than any of the other well, ones. Well, you think Haskins so, was in the first round, don't you think? I mean, did you think he had that quality? No. I, I would Haskins. I think would, would have been a good second round pick. I would not take him in the first round. I, there, you know, I just I, I I don't I don't like quarterbacks with skittish feet. Uh, 
Well, hold on then. What, what, Kyler Murray. I mean, isn't he kind of that guy? Kyler, well, he's a mobile quarterback. To me, that's different. You know what I mean? Like, Baker, okay. you know, Baker and Rodgers <laughs> and Kyler and Zick and Randall Cunningham, these are all guys that can utilize their feet. Dwayne Haskins can't run. He's slow. So, well, that, like. That's true. You know, all of a sudden, the defensive lineman comes at him, and Haskins either freezes or just chucks it. You know, and that 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 makes me uh, a little nervous when it comes to this. I'm seeing a rumor that the Giants might have made a good pick. Yeah, they got hey, a, guys, a good pick. A, yeah, I was going to ask if the pick was in yet. Look, here it is. It, it, would it be crazy? He's up. He's at the podium square mode, so the Giants is in, so they didn't trade it. Oh, he's doing a, uh, he's doing like a background on uh, a military person before they make the pick. I think they're going to have someone else gotcha. announce the pick. Yeah, here it is. Look, so, so, look, they lost Landon Collins. Wouldn't surprise me if they maybe take a safety here. All right, thank you. Hmm. Defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. Good pick. Next. You know, that's, that's a good, that's not a bad pick. That's not That's, a bad pick. I was I was gonna say they didn't mess this pick up, um, you know, grabbing him up. I think this is not the worst pick. Um, you know, Clemson, you know, for the last few years have been able to get some guys uh, in the first round of the draft. Uh, so Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle uh, for the Giants. I think this one's a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, there's three Clemson defensive linemen in the top seventeen. Um, I, I mean, I think Dexter's a hell of a ball player. He's going to slide in uh, real nice next to Dalvin Tomlinson on the D line. Um, you know, it's a good it's it's a good pick, and um, it's a good pick. Good good good, good job, Giants, for uh, for 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 fixing a mistake, if you will. Exactly. Right. It, 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 absolutely. And because they, because, you know, I'm not a great big fan of the pick uh, at the quarterback position. Of course, they went with to the, with the tradition. Uh, and if you want the tradition of Eli Manning to continue, yeah, Jones will be a perfect fit. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> that being said, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are an interesting football team. Defensively, um, this has been a football team that has been good to kind of fell back off a little little bit on the defensive side this year. Uh, so, uh, but it, quarterback's always going to be a question mark at, right now uh, for them. Uh, so, uh, Jonathan, looking at the Minnesota Vikings, where do you think they're heading? Um, I mean, I can see the Vikings addressing their offensive line with this pick. Uh, you go, go, I mean, they picked up a left tackle in Riley Rice uh, in the offseason, and obviously they have Brian O'Neill, who they got in the second round last year at right tackle. I could see them going interior here. Um, that, you know, to me, that would be a good idea. Obviously, they have plenty of talent at wide receiver with D-line and Diggs and, and Treadwell uh, and running back. They're very solid. Uh, they they have their man and at quarterback and Kirk Cousins. We'll see how that works. Defensive line, they're very talented. Linebackers are talented. Secondary, they're – I mean, it's a very talented Minnesota team. At the I end don't of the think day. so, Jim. But, so I think you show up the interior of the offensive line here, uh, unless they consider trading back here. I would look at somebody like uh, Bradbury to go here or even at Cody Ford from uh, Oklahoma. 
Well, we got uh, Cuervo. Look at look at that. Where where are you thinking the Vikings are headed? Yeah, I'm thinking offensive line as well, Sonny. Uh, I just don't know. I can't pinpoint that. I mean, they they've got some some line issues. Uh, they could, you know, go in different directions here. I mean, it could be tackle. I don't think they have so much of a of a need at guard. So I think it's going to be more maybe of a tackle, uh, maybe a Dillard uh, or or Bradbury like like Jonathan was saying. The only thing is, I mean, I don't know how how difficult the transition is from center to the tackle, but um, if they can make it work, I mean, but I, I definitely think it's going to be somewhere on the offensive line for Minnesota. Hey, can we talk? They have to go quarterback here. I, I'm sorry. No if you're shot, the Vikings, honey. you have to go no quarterback shot. here. I, 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 no and I know there's no shot. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm i not blind enough. To, <laughs> but the fact they don't go quarterback here is the dumbest thing. How many how many teams has this guy got to be on uh, in the last three years in order for them to realize this is a one-year guy and you got to make sure you better, you better have someone behind him? I, if this is the dumbest move. If they – and. And I know they're not going to, but this was one move that I looked at. If there was some kind of quality at the quarterback position, you've got to at least do something. If you don't address it. Now, I'm not saying long is the right pick. I'm not even saying, but you've got to go quarterback here. Because of what your your future is, and, and there he is. He's walking up to the podium. Here comes the pick for the Minnesota Vikings, and I know it's not a quarterback. So let's see what they're going to say here. They go sitting offensive the right now. That's the next best. They go Bradbury, and and that's the next best thing. So good call on that one, guys. Yeah, just made sense. Yeah, they made the right – it is the right move. Um, I just don't know where exactly right they're going to place him at. Uh, but, you know, you got to protect – you got to protect uh, Kirk Cousins, which is one of Sonny's favorites. Uh, yes. As you can tell, based on what he wanted the Vikings to do, um, I, I think it makes all yeah, the they sense blew in the world, Sonny. I mean, yeah, they blew it. I, I, I mean, I, again, I, I knew they weren't. I but the next best pick is offensive line. You're gonna have to protect the punk because that's what Kirk Cousins is. He's not a quarterback. He's a punk. Um, so you you add that up <laughs> into the fact of you know what it's all about. Uh, you better protect your most valuable. I mean, and not only that, they're paying through the nose for him. So you better protect them, there, Jonathan. Yeah, no, of course. And, I mean, Bradbury was an excellent center, as they show highlights of uh, North Carolina State running on Florida State, of course. Um, you know, Bradbury was an excellent center last year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if um, he's going to play center or guard. I could play him, see him playing center and uh, F-line, uh, who they took last year, uh, moved sliding over to left guard. Uh, but either way, it works. I mean, you, you got to give the Vikings credit for a smart pick. Yeah, and you should be happy, Cuervo. I mean, in reality, I have shown you the light on Kirk Cousins, and you should be happy the NSA North goes ahead and grabs up a Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he didn't have the, the best uh, debut in Minnesota last year. So, um, look, I think I think all three of these NFC North teams are knocking it out of the park tonight. Um, 
especially Green Bay with Sean Gary. I thought that was an outstanding pick. Um, you know, Detroit takes another tight end in the first round. I thought that was a great one. Which great job. Called. Great I, I job. I knew they were going to do it because, you know, they just have done it in the past. So, you know, and then this one, I think th- this is it. No, honestly, I think this is the best one out of the three so far. Um, so. All right. So yeah, I'm just going to be interested to see which, where they put where they put them at. So the way this pick is going, this looks like this is going to be our last pick of the evening before we go off the air. So, uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, talk about the Titans pick and something that you want to talk about before we're off air. I mean, looking at the Tennessee Titans, I think they need to uh, address the receiving core. Uh, you know, I know they have Corey Davis, uh, but yeah, they, really, they could really use a number two to complement him. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm not entirely certain where they would go here. Um, now, I mean, looking forward into the draft, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see which one of these teams trades down afterwards. You know, Seattle's traded their first round pick seven years in a row, or six out of the last seven years. Uh, you know, are yeah. the Ravens going to trade down? I know they're looking to. Are the Ravens going to stay put and draft a receiver? Um, you know, what what are the Raiders going to do with picks 24 and 27? And then, obviously, you know, what, is somebody going to trade back up into the draft at the back end to take, uh, you know, one of the quarterbacks, whether they trade with the Patriots or the Rams or whoever? Uh, See, so, I mean, yeah, it's fun. The, the picks here on the back end are a little a little more interesting because these are obviously all very good teams last year as they all made the playoffs outside of the Raiders, of course. Not only that, they get that first-round uh, fifth-year option as well, Cuervo. Talk about the Titans and uh, later on, and the pick is in, so it'll take about a minute. Go ahead, Cuervo. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think this could very well be the first wide receiver taken off the board. Um, I do think they need to have some defensive holes that need to fill as well, um, you know, at um, at you know, the secondary, I think, needs a little bit of help up front. Maybe not so much. I mean, they got Jarrell Casey, but you know, to have another guy up there would would be a great compliment to Casey. Um, so, but I definitely think that this could be a receiver. They've drafted receivers in the first round before, so it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, the only question is, which one do they like? That's the good. That's going to be the question. And the Titans again last year. Listen, I, I was the only one. By the way, I'm just going to brag up on my pick of the Tennessee Titans beating the, the Patriots. Yes, I was the only one that picked it, by the way, um, during the season. Um, but then again, you know, this is a football team that wins games at home that you you, you, you go, wow, he had no business winning. That's what you get. They need more consistency on the road. They got a good coach in, in, as far as that is concerned. So there's a lot of things to be excited about the Tennessee Titans, but you're looking at that division, the AFC South. You got uh, you know, all four of the teams really in line to go ahead and maybe you know, win that division, whether it is the Colts, whether it's Houston or the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the Titans, you know, they have the opportunity to do that as well. So it's going to be a very important uh, pick for them in reality, I think here as far as where they could be in that uh, division. So, so um, let's see here. They got it set. They're going to bring it up in here. Okay, so there's going to be a special announcer for the uh, for the pick here with Tennessee. And uh, by the way, just to let everybody know, 
On Sunday, we'll recap all these picks that are happened for the rest in the first round, as well as the second and third and fourth round on Saturday. So they'll cover all that. And then uh, the draft is done Saturday, right, Cuervo? It is done on Saturday. So for those who don't know, rounds two and three are going to go tomorrow, starting at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, so an hour earlier than tonight. And then Saturday will be literally all day. I think they start at, like, noon Eastern or something like that. So, uh, Sonny, are we not going to be able to extend? So once once you sign off, that's it, huh? Yeah, and the and main reason is because I'm the um, only one here besides the janitor. So the, uh, they said go ahead and go up with it. They take Jeffrey Simmons' defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. And before we log out of here, move out of here, what do you think about that pick there, Jonathan? Bad pick. I don't trust this guy at all whatsoever. I just no. Um, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't no. Nope. No, no, no. I, I, I just wonder if uh, who else would have been out there that, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of other things that are going on, and they're showing his arrest. Uh, evidently, he's been arrested yeah. a couple of times. Um, so, <laughs> um, that's that's, so that's why th- he, he wouldn't have been on my board. I mean, he's caught on video, you know, punching a, punch, punching a woman, uh, and I just, nope. No, 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 no. And obviously he tore his ACL during pre-draft workouts, so he's going to have an extended uh, rehab time. He may not play this year. For, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah. you know, after Tyree Hill news This completely bomb, confuses me. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, this, this pick completely confuses me, Cuervo. Uh, it doesn't confuse me too much. I mean, you know, the Titans, they, they had trouble at times getting pressure on quarterbacks and things like that. So, um, you know, the, the, I'm not going to say it makes total sense to me, uh, but I do think it was one of the bigger needs that they have. Now, wide receiver is their biggest need. So I guess they felt like the second round could be a spot where they can grab a wide receiver because none of these guys are really standouts at wide receiver. So I think that's why they decided to go de-tackle in the first round. I mean, so many pass rushers, oh, man. You know, elite guys. and So, I, I just that, saw that, this video. Right. I didn't I didn't realize this was not here, but I just saw this video. And, and I, I have to admit, I, I didn't keep – and it's probably because I knew we had problems. I didn't, I'd never seen this video before. And, you know, what, what video is that? The, the, the video of him beating a woman. There's a video out there of this guy beating a woman, and it's pathetic. And and right Jeffrey there, Simmons? It, it's yeah. That it, it, this, they just showed it. This, it, 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 this it, happened after he signed to go to Mississippi State, as, as so he was eighteen. Uh, it's just after the Tyreek Hill thing earlier today, where Tyreek Hill had documented issues where he beat the mother of his child in college, and look what right. happened again. I oh, to reward yeah. a guy who has this skid mark on his record is beyond me. I wouldn't touch him. The fact he's a first-round pick is despicable. Um, and, and, well, they need I, to fi- unless the owner made this pick, they need to fire the general manager. You, you, can't, you can't pick this guy. This, this guy, you cannot, especially with the I, – this goes – and I was listening to somebody, I forget who it was, but you're, you're drafting talent 
over, you know, over character here. Um, you know, if you're the Tennessee Titans, you know, the ownership needs to look at the person who made this pick, and that guy needs to be fired. And not only that, you need to just not sign this guy. He's your first rounder. Just, just say, hey, we screwed up, and, and just accept it. And this would be one where they could stand up and say, listen, we, we don't accept this pick. We don't like We're not going to sign them. Anybody wants them, they could just have them. Screw it, and 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 just be done with it, and fire the general manager or anybody else who had this pick because that's a pathetic video. And granted, I don't know the backstory, but I don't need to know the backstory. Um, that is something you can't you can't have on your football team anywhere. And the Titans made a huge mistake. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I I just saw the video uh, myself. Sorry to interrupt you, Jonathan, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong for saying this, but um, what he did was wrong. So, you know, but it's not like it happened last week. So I think the fact that um, according to what he according according to what he said, it, it was something. It's something that he's been upfront with everybody about, um, and he's got nothing so to hide. Or not so. Yeah. I mean, that's my thing. Tyreek yeah. Hill's up front that he choked his girlfriend out in college. And, and now, of course, it drops today. <laughs> that, 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 news, that news bomb about how he beats his kid and how he threatens the, the same woman, which, I mean, granted, she's an idiot staying with him, but whatever. So, I mean, just the, I, I get it. It happened three years ago. But he beat, like, he, 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 he full on swung on a girl because she was, ins- she was verbally insulting his sister. I mean, let's 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 call it what it is. And guys who do this show a habit of repeating this type of behavior. So I, I Absolutely. just it, it, I, I I just can't I can't uh-huh. I I can't back Here, at just all. in that fact, it, it, Jonathan, that's a good point because if he can't handle that, what happens when something really is in front of him? You know what I'm saying? I mean, a, a real issue. I mean, someone disrespecting the sister, and he goes off on that. Imagine what's going to happen if somebody, you know, calls him a name, you know, and it, uh, it, it'll be a fan in the stand. This is a horrible pick, and it's not the right thing to do. The pick is in for the Broncos. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to announce it or not. Um, we can hang on for that, and then we're going to head out of here. But uh, there's that's a no excuse because – that that is such a very small thing for for that kind of reaction. Just imagine what's going to happen if it is actually a really big issue that he's got to figure out maturity in order to not have that problem. Uh, have yeah, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this. It should be very interesting to see where this ends up going. Uh, for the Titans and what kind of backlash, if any, they're going to get uh, regarding that. So uh, the Broncos pickers in, and uh, we're going to go ahead and um, hang on for that pick, and then we'll get on out of here um, as we are here coming to you live from the uh, Jerry Bullet Training Center, the Bullet Experience. Check them out on the BulletExperience.com. Take a look at the virtual uh, the virtual uh, reality tour that's here, and we'll go just a little bit over until this pick is up. Who do you think they are going on this, guys? Um, Noah, Noah fan. Yep. Tight end. I kind of, you know, I had them taking him at 10, but they traded down, which was very smart of their part. 
Yep, and they do. They go Noah Fant, out of uh, tight end out of Iowa. So that's going to do it for our coverage of the first round of the 2019 draft here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We would normally hang out, but I'm at a place where I'm the only one here besides the janitorial place, so we got to bail on out of here. Come and check us out on Sunday. We'll review all the picks that happened here on Thursday as well as Friday and Saturday night. So for Jonathan, thanks for joining us here. Uh, Jonathan, I appreciate that. And the fine co-host of this program in Squervo. You betcha. I am Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Everybody have a great evening. We'll see you all Sunday morning. All right, Tom.